Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Thank you very much. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to all of you attending this virtual office district council planning committee meeting. And to those of you listening into the broadcast, I'll start by running through how I intend to run today's We may not be in the council chamber, but may I ask you either all turn off your mobile phones or at least put them onto silent. Thank you. Virtual meetings are becoming a more common experience, but public meetings such as this committee are business as usual. 
Therefore, it's important that we continue to conduct ourselves in an orderly and professional manner. As you would imagine, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state you must be able to be here and be heard. Therefore, I, shortly I will ask our Democratic Services Officer, Chris Gibson, to take a register so that those listening will know who is present today. As a reminder, please keep yourself on mute at all times when not speaking. This should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Mr Gibson, if you could call the register, please. Chair, please indicate you're present when I call your name. Councillor Bagnall? Present. Councillor Caton? Present. Councillor Fairhurst? Present. Councillor Freeman? Present. Councillor LeCount? Present. Councillor Lemon? Present. Councillor Lachlan? Present. Councillor Merrifield? Present. Councillor Pavitt? Present. Councillor Reeve? Present. Councillor Sutton? Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Also, for those, for the benefits of those listening, the officers we have with us today are Mr. Nigel Brown, the Development Manager, and from his team, Mr. William Allwood, Mr. Chris Tyler, and Mr. Nathan Macwana. Um, I think I've got everybody, and Mr. Clive Theobald. Thank you very much. Um, from Democratic Services, we have, as I've already said, Mr. Chris Gibson, Ms. Claire Edwards, and a new member of the team, Ms. Kat, Ms. Cassie Shanley. From legal services, we have Ms. Elizabeth Brown and Ms. Jane Reynolds. And I don't think I've missed anybody else out, Mr. Gibson. Um, no, I don't think so. So I moving... don't think, uh, Madam Chair, I don't think I've recently married Nigel. Did I say Brown, Ms. Elizabeth? Ms. Elizabeth? I know, it's the, yeah. I know. I would have noticed that. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. Oh, I do apologise, Miss Miss Smith. Miss Smith, it's Elizabeth Smith. I do apologise. I'm putting names together now. There you go. Um, so, moving on. Um, as with all planning committees, our council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today, and have recommended whether each particular application should either be approved or refused. It is, however, for the planning committee members to assess the application and make the, the final decision. Today we have, and uh, I should check, one, two, three, four, five applications. To consider for each application, I will ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal, which will appear on our screens, outlining the reasons for their recommendation. I will then invite those of you who have registered to speak on the particular application to present your views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that have come up from other, the other speakers or the officer's report. Once we have gone through this, I will then open up the discussion to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application with a proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved, refused or deferred. With the exception of the vice chair, please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right of your screen. This will indicate you wish to speak to myself and Councillor Lemon, the vice chair. I will take each request in order and will not accept anyone 
speaking out of turn unless raising a point of order, and only if valid. If not, you will be asked to raise your blue hand. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen should you have to give your apologies to leave the meeting part of the way through or on your return. Before we go to the first application, we need to take any apologies of absence, which there are none today, and then take any declarations of interest. So are there any declarations of interest? Um, I see Councillor Fairhurst hand up, then Councillor Freeman. Councillor Fairhurst. Sir from Walden Town Council. Thank you very much. And Councillor Freeman? Likewise, Sir from Walden Town Council, member of. Is that in relation to um, an application today? Uh, yes, actually, there is an application today in Saffron Warden. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, item four. Come, come, item four. Yes, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, I'm ward member for uh, Stork Valley, which includes Farnham. Thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Um, so, I see no more other declarations of interest. Therefore... Sorry, Chair, there are uh, Councillor Bagnall and Councillor Reed. Right, so I haven't, because I haven't, right, okay, I'll just move my screen. Right, so Councillor Bagnall. Uh, I just wanted to say item five is incorrectly put down as tapely, so I'm not declaring an interest, but it needs to be recorded as Great Canfield. Right, I was, um, yes, so, right, we can do that now. I was going to say, we, were gonna, we could all say that when we came to it, but yes, that's fine. We can put that down now. And we'll, we'll say it again when we come to the item as well, Councillor Bagnall, I think. And Councillor Reeve. In that respect, I'm the ward councillor for uh, including Great Campfield. Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve. Thank you. So, no other hands. Right, moving on. Um, we need to agree the minutes of the committee meeting, of the previous committee meeting. Um, okay, I see some hands. So, Councillor Reeve, no, not Councillor Reeve, he's gone down. Councillor Lochlin, is that, is that your hand up for the minutes or is that? Yes, it is. It's just, uh, can I ask, uh, on Friarton, um, it's got six public speakers addressed the committee, some supporting and some objecting to the application. Sounds very wishy-washy. Would it be possible to have specific numbers? Because I believe there were four objections and two speaking uh, for the application. So um, if we could perhaps be more specific uh, in the number of people that are speaking, I think that might help. Could I ask that? Yeah, I think you could. I, I, have, I, I, I have no objections to that. What about the rest of the committee? Uh, I'm getting nods and thumbs up here, so I think, could we, Mr Gibson, could we do that? Could we record that, please? Yes, certainly, in future. And you want me to take that back for the previous meeting, do you? Can we record that, that there was... Yes. Um, four and two. Four and, was it four and... Was it two, was it two speakers? Four and... I, I, I can't remember. I actually yeah. can't remember. Yeah. Yes, on that occasion, both applicants spoke, but I believe this time one is speaking on behalf of them both. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, right. So, with that in mind, um, are we happy with the, the content that the minutes are correct? I can sign them eventually. It's going to be a long time <laughs> signing. Okay, thank you very much. So, 
We'll move on to agenda item three, which is... Chair, we'll just, we'll just let all these speakers in, if we may. Yes, of course. Did anything come out? No. No. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. full application Frighton at Chatter End Road, Farnham and it's the officer is Nathan Makwara and over to you Nathan. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you Chair and good morning uh, members and speakers. And just prior to the commencement of my presentation, it's worth bringing to the attention of the planning committee that on my officer's report at section 6.5 makes reference to, in the relevant site history, makes reference to a site not part of Farnham. Uh, so just for purposes of speaking, that is not applicable to the site history. However, all other elements of the site history remain so. And here is my presentation for Fryton, Chatter and Farnham. And this is a deferral from the previous planning committee from the 28th of October 2020. And this site shows the existing site and block plan of the dwelling known as Fryton within the village of Farnham. And here we can see the rear cartilage as well as the side cartilage afforded and allocated to the property. Uh, Post site and block plan showing the erection of the new dwelling as well as the inclusion of the new access road running adjacent to a public right of way. Uh, this one shows the proposed elevation, so showing the erection of the garage block. Um, Nathan, we, we've lost you. Oh. Can you hear me now? Um, yeah, but we lost some of that there. Okay, I was simply just going over the elevations, uh, showing the new dwelling and the garage and the new accommodation on the first floor within the garage. Um, is that it? Again. Again, we're losing you. You're losing me, Dan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Thank yeah. you. So that's just for the elevations again, the garage and the first floor. And then this is just showing the topographical plan of the site. And then finally, we have the elevations from the previously approved applications showing again the approved garage block, its location, as well as the dwelling, uh, which again is a previously approved application with the aforementioned reference number. And then finally, an aerial view of the site showing Friarton in Chatter End, as well as its large cartilage. And thank you, Chair. Just 
Thank you very much. Um, we have quite a few speakers this morning. So our first speaker is um, Mr. Charles Dunsford. Mr. Dunsford, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. If you'd like to. Uh, sorry, can you hear me? Yes, we can. We can. Uh, I do apologise. Uh, um, good morning, everyone. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I'm a resident of Farnham Green and as a regular user of Chatterend, both um, in a vehicle and walking, I have serious concerns about this application. It's not unusual for the high banks on either side of this lane to subside as traffic both on the lane and in the field gets larger and heavier. Prolonged periods of wet weather also contribute to subsidence. I'm concerned that constructing a drive on the open countryside adjoining the footpath will lead to further damage to the high banks and lead to them becoming more unstable, uh, so closing the lane more frequently. Any clearance work that interferes with the bank, for example, improving sight lines, regarding uh, regrading the bank, removing vegetation, will destabilise those banks. I question the need for a separate drive for the proposed new property, as I understood the permission had been granted for the dual use of the drive already existing at Friarton. Um, the drive will not be subjected to frequent or heavy traffic and would appear, uh, in my opinion, to be adequate for the two properties. Uh, not only do I question the need for a drive, but I feel the approval for a new drive will completely change the character of the hamlet, this hamlet. The drive will be completely outside the Friarton boundary and cut into open countryside alongside a well-used footpath. The footpath will become locked between the new drive and the drive for Friarton, which takes away some of the enjoyment of walking on the footpath. Uh, and I must say this footpath is regularly used and joins the main village uh, with Saban End, Chatter End, Farnham Green and Harkham Low Way. Um, I also have concerns that constructing a new drive on open countryside will have the effect of encouraging further development in the future. If the applicants decide to move, future occupants could decide to build further properties in the garden of Friarton. Um, a further concern is such a drive would also give access to the field adjacent to Friarton and in time potentially lead to a larger scale development on that field. Um, I, I have been reliably informed that in 2009 an application was made and is very similar to the current application. It included a separate drive for access and the case officer at the time commented that the site for the new drive is located outside the development limits on land classified as classes countryside. He stated that policy S7 states that the countryside will be protected for its own sake and permission for development will only be given if need is proven and is appropriate to a rural area. Furthermore, para 613 of the local plan, infilling outside of development limits will need exceptional, exceptional justification. And policy Gen 2 seeks to ensure development is compatible with surroundings and safeguards its setting. In this case, there are no exceptional circumstances that have been provided that would justify a dwelling at this location and overcome the sustainability, countryside and visual objections to the proposal. As such, it is considered that the proposed dwelling would be contrary to policies S7, H4 and Gen 2 of the local plan. 
Uh, I believe the case officer concluded that the erection of a dwelling on backland site is an unsustainable countryside location with no special cases having been made and cannot be approved. The local authority is not convinced that the access could be provided to serve the dwelling without having an unacceptable impact on highway safety. The proposal would detract from the enjoyment of a public right-of-way. The proposal would therefore not be served by a suitable access and is contrary to policy Gen 1 of the UDC local plan, which requires development to maintain highway safety for all users. Uh, finally, if this application for a house with a separate drive was refused in 2009, uh, I would question what has changed since then to approve such a development. The local plan has not changed, so this application should be refused on the basis that it contravenes a number of policies incorporated into the Uttlesford local plan. Thanks. Thank you very much, Mr Dunsford. Thank you. Our next speaker is Mr. Rob Navarra. Good morning, Mr. Navarra. Well, good morning. I speak as the parish past partnership representative for Farnham. Um, I was in favour of the original uh, planning application for the eco-friendly retirement home, uh, sharing a drive with Freerton. I cannot support proposed development with the separate four to five metre wide drive incorporating the public footpath number one. The removal of the section of the high banking, creating an entrance wider than the Chattering Lane, will cause considerable inconvenience to users of the public right-of-way during the construction of the drive and house. Widening the entrance may also cause extra water runoff onto the quite steep slope that can become very slippery in winter, hence the large grit um, box opposite Frierson's Drive. I have concerns that this development is approved, maybe not in the tenure of the applicant or of the current landowner, this building and the wide, easy accessibility to the land behind may set a precedent for a much larger development in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Navarra. Um, our next speaker is Mr John Fraser-Andrews. Good morning, Mr Fraser-Andrews. Yes, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Excellent. Uh, so thank you. Um, I objected to the application from a personal perspective, and I speak today also as a member of the Farnham Parish Plan Committee. My personal objection is that the enlarged proposal has steadily morphed and has reinstated this time the access to the, to the lane of the original application in 2009. The proposal is now a significant encroachment of the countryside and the linear settlement, and the re reasons for the refusal of the first application are still valid today. It fails local plan policies S7, Gen 2, and H4. It also fails paragraph 122 of the National Planning Policy Framework. This protects an area's character and setting, including residential gardens. The proposal is also in conflict with the Farnham Parish Plan in the following ways. Firstly, the Parish Plan Committee surveyed parishioners who responded that the countryside was the most popular land use and amenity to be preserved, followed closely by views and settings of listed buildings. This proposal spoils all of those. Secondly, 
the proposal denigrates the countryside and the spectacular view of the linear settlement from the village hall, the footpath and the back of Rectory Lane. The enlarged dwelling would block the view of the listed cottage next to Fryerton and spoil the setting. Thirdly, the majority of parishioners in the survey were against any development and most of the minority in favour of some development wanted no encroachments beyond the existing developed area, such as this. Fourthly, there is a very high use of footpaths in Farnham. Over one third of parishioners surveyed use them daily, and another near third use them weekly. Therefore, the proposal in its enlarged size and new access in the field is in conflict with the Farnham Parish Plan in its denigration of the countryside, the setting, and the detriment to the safety and amenity of the public footpath. Finally, and for, and for the record, one of the applicants, Mrs King, was co-chair of the Farnham, Par Farnham Parish Plan Committee. It is therefore very disappointing that one of our members has put forward a proposal that conflicts with so many of the wishes of parishioners and conclusions of the Farnham Parish Plan. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Fraser Andrews. Miss um, um, Barbara Stubbings? Good morning, Mr. Stubbings. Oh, good morning to you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Thank you very much. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the time to speak. I live in Chatterend House and I'm concerned about the effect of this application will have on my neighbourhood. Initially, I was asked to support this by the applicant, who also sent me an email suggesting what I could say. I did agree with the principle of a small retirement property with a shared drive in the grounds of Brighton. However, I have recently been able to see the detailed plans for this application and I'm far from happy. The plans no longer show a small house for downsizing but a much larger property, in fact larger than the existing house. It shows a roof line higher than Brighton and the new house will be visible from either side. This appears to no longer be a small retirement property and I was unaware of the changes that have been made. Since when did a downsized home for retirement need two studies and two offices above a garage? It will significantly change my outlook and will be in our field of vision and will change the character of the area. The proposal for a new drive I find really worrying. The drive will be wider than the lane and will cross open countryside. It will also open onto the lane at a very narrow point on a bend up a hill that can be very icy in winter. And a low setting or rising sun can make it exceptionally dangerous. This new drive opens up the possibility of further development in the grounds of Frighton and the adjacent field. I am concerned about the danger to residents, cars and walkers that use this footpath and lane. They are extremely large, 40-tonne articulated lorries carrying grain or fertilisers 
for Farnham Green Farm that also used this lane. If the new access is approved, it will cause the road being blocked for long periods, as builders' merchants' lorries will still be too big and too heavy to turn in and out because the width of the lane, this will also cause damage on both sides. When the lane is blocked, the only place for vehicles heading towards Farnham Green to do a U-turn is in fact our drive, and this could cause damage to our property. Chatter Inn consists of six houses and is a lovely hamlet. The proposed house, with or without the drive, will ruin it. This application has been refused many times since 2009, and it goes against the village plan. I cannot see what has changed since then to allow this to be approved. I strongly urge you to reject this application. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mrs Stubbings. Thank you. Um, we, we now have uh, comments from Mr. Christopher Smith, but Elizabeth, you're reading them out, I believe? Yes, that's correct, Madam Chair. Thank you very much. These are the comments uh, of Mr. Christopher Smith made by email. I quote, Although I am now a parish councillor, my representation is as a member of the public and resident of the parish. I have consistently, to each phase of this application, initially as a lone voice, long before I was a councillor, as it has changed, grown and transformed into the application before you today. I have followed the plans over the years as they have evolved and find it fanciful that the applicants claim the new building will not be seen as it is behind Fryerton. As a regular dog walker past the proposed site, it is clear that the new buildings will overshadow Fryerton. The roof line is higher than Fryerton and the new building will splay out either side of Fryerton and so be visible for all neighbours, i.e. Thrifts, Farnham Greenhouse, Mission Hall Cottage and Kettlewell Cottage. The new construction will also be clearly visible from various vantage points of the village, destroying the very appearance of the small hamlet it will overshadow. There is also a suggestion that sightline in the lane will be improved as a result of the new drive. This is not the case. This may improve things for a few users of the new drive, but certainly not for the walkers, horse riders and vehicle drivers using this lane. Even constructing a pull-in for delivery lorries causes a hazard to other road users, especially pedestrians and horse riders. I am also surprised that highways have not raised any objections when they were so concerned about the effect on the public right-of-way and the potential dangers in Chatter End in previous applications. I feel that there is some inconsistency in recent decisions by highways. This application risks setting a dangerous precedent for similar applications and would be in direct conflict with the residents of the parish as expressed through the parish, parish plan. And that's Mr Smith's statement, Madam Chair. Thank you very much, Mr Smith. Uh, we now have two, two speakers from the parish council. Um, so I'm not quite sure who's going first, but we have uh, Mr Peter Jarman and Councillor Ian Diwali. So, um, could one of you say who's speaking first? 
Thank you, Chair. Good morning. Um, I'm Peter Jarman, Clerk of the Parish Council. Good morning, Mr. Jarman. Good morning. At the previous meeting, Councillor Lachlan highlighted the design and access statement by Lucy Carpenter, which referred to the proposed house, one unit for local people to downsize into. When we'd looked into the detail of the plans with the help of local architects, we realised that the new property was not what we would understand by downsizing. It's larger than its host property, Friarton, and does not comply with the village plan. Since 2009, this application has been resubmitted in various forms. The proposed house to downsizing can no longer be described in that manner, and that is why the parish council feels that it's been misled, as do many residents of Farnham. It's no coincidence that there are now 16 formal objections to this application. The application has led a confusing pathway through the planning process, with some decisions being taken by the planning committee and others by delegated officers. Earlier applications were refused, and then more recent, uh, the decision was recommended for refusal by officers, but overturned by the planning committee, and yet circumstances have not changed. The UDC local plan policies are still in force and very clear. The countryside and character of the hamlet did not appear to have been protected by councillors, and now there is another application for a new drive across open countryside. The planning officer contacted me regarding the number of objections that have been received, asking me if I could shed any light on the reason. I did so, but I was rather disappointed to hear the officer inform me that it was difficult to refuse when highways had not raised objections. And, as Councillor Lockton had called in the application, he thought it best to let the planning committee make the decision. However, looking specifically at the new drive, we've heard from Mr and Mrs King that the new drive, wider than the lane itself, would add to the safety of local residents. Adding an access point and a pull-in on the narrow lane will not improve safety for residents. It's a hazardous lane and will remain hazardous. Coming out of any drive on this narrow winding lane is not easy and the new drive is unlikely to improve the situation for the community, and, I have to say, it's the community which is the priority of the Parish Council. A wide drive being constructed across open farmland further changes the character of this hamlet. It extends beyond the development line. It extends beyond the current property boundary of Friarton. It's also an application for a drive on land that is not owned by the applicants, and the landowner has put the potential sale of the land on hold now that she's seen the details. She has concerns over safety hazards to residents, damage to her land, and subsidence issues which are already familiar on this stretch of the lane. This proposal opens up the possibility of further development on the large plot of land owned by the applicants should they sell the house in the future. It's a very significant decision about to be made by the planning committee. As news of this application circulates, more residents are now looking at the details. This is not in empathy with the local area and gives rise to a number of contentious issues, changing the character of the hamlet. It encroaches upon the public right-of-way amenity and it conflicts with the local plan. There are no benefits to the community, there's no justification for the application and it's certainly not a move to downsize. In all seriousness, surely a new four-metre-wide drive cannot be approved. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Jarman. Um, Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Uh, in addition to the residents from, from whom you've already heard, we've actually received a number of additional requests from residents asking how they can also take part in this meeting. 
Um, and in the view of saving you time, uh, we've asked them to agree that the parish council will represent their views. Um, I would say there are already four access points to the property in the immediate vicinity. And if the new drive is approved, this will become a fifth access to the lane in the very short distance, representing not only a hazard to users of the amenity, but will also cause some deterioration of the amenity by the loss of open countryside. Uh, walkers now enjoy public rights away from the open country and open views. The application reduces the pleasure of this amenity, albeit only a short distance. Nevertheless, a reduction when we should aim at increasing these amenities. Uh, the Parish Council has already detailed its concerns about the proposed new drive and listed a number of hazards and serious concerns should permission be granted. The applicants have written a response to those concerns, which was written after the plans had been published, so no actual changes had been made. They also attended a parish council meeting to outline why the parish council should reverse their decision. Uh, Mr King, the applicant, contacted me, the chair, after the last meeting of your committee and offered to lower the roof level of the new property by half a metre if the parish council would reconsider its opposition. He suggested there would be 18 months of difficulty in Chatter End caused by construction vehicles if the new drive was not approved. I discussed this matter with fellow councillors who did not find uh, this very helpful and thought that Mr King hadn't grasped the serious concerns of the Parish Council and their responsibility to the community. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Mr Devani. Um Thank you. So, I will open this up to the committee. That's all the speakers. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm sorry, oh, we've sorry, I do apologise. I, I do apologise. I've got, I, you know what I've done? I your names to come next, so I ticked it, so I do apologise. Mr and Mrs King, I do, yeah, sorry, apologies. Okay. Um, Councillors, uh, thank you for your visit on Monday. Um, we've agreed that I'll speak on both Catherine and myself uh, oh, this morning to save you time. Um, I hope you saw that the considerable benefits that separating uh, entrances to the two properties will bring in terms of usability, both Frighton and the new house. This proposal is nearly identical to the scheme approved in March 20 to build a three-bedroom, eco-designed house for later living, summarised as meeting Code M42 of the building regulations. I'm sure you are aware that there's an acute shortage of such houses, something highlighted in the first consultation of the new Uttlesford plan just on the 28th of October. Our small contribution to this challenge is to use all the expertise I've gained over a lifetime of working on inclusive design for older and disabled people to more than meet this standard, to meet our own needs and that of future generations as we hopefully all live longer. The key, the key difference between the two schemes are a shift from the garage block west and a new custom-built access to the road by widening the existing field access track and separating vehicles from the footpath user. The one other change is to include uh, a stair and light to the garage roof space. We just don't think loft ladders conform to the spirit of Code M42. There are significant benefits to Frighton, the new house, to our neighbours and the wider community, as attested to by our neighbour Mrs Rivers-Latham at your last meeting. She reminded you that all three immediate neighbours who look onto the site have written in support. 
In addition to the parking improvements of Friarton and the new house, the key benefits of the access are, one, it reduces traffic uh, adjacent to listed Kettlewell Cottage. Two, it avoids the loss of the lovely uh, roadside beach head, which you'll have seen, which we need to remove to provide adequate sight lines for the shared entrance on the approved scheme. It improves views for the immediate neighbours um, from and from surroundings by moving the garage block west and away from the footpath. It takes vehicles off Chatterend Hill, which is used by walkers connecting between this local footpath and the Han- Harkamlo Way footpath opposite Martin Drive. We agree they're both well-used footpaths. It creates a new informal passing place, which, as Mrs Rivers Latham attested, avoids the current situation where drivers have to reverse up Chatterend Hill to find a passing place in their drive. It enables safer deliveries to five Chatterend by use of this informal pulling. This also helps them exit safely in their narrow drive. It separates vehicles accessing the field for farm and utility operations from pedestrians using the footpath. And lastly, and importantly, it takes construction traffic off the road before the footpath so it can unload and turn on the site. This avoids inconveniencing farm green residents delayed by the large vehicles unloading in the road and then going to turn on farm green. These, I think, you'll agree, are significant benefits. We would not have proceeded if we were not confident that the plan was safe for footpath users and road users. We asked Essex Highways, who are the experts, for pre-planning application advice. They visited the site and considered three revisions to ensure that we'd incorporated all their expert advice. They have, as you know, raised no objections. You'll see that the visibility of the road entrance and the house entrance are excellent, more than meet modern safety standards. In our written submission, and at your previous meeting, we've provided independent evidence that supports the benefits and shows that the supposed harms are not supported by independent evidence. As your officers have said, the key consideration is whether the potential harm the development might cause significantly and demonstrably outweigh the potential positive outcomes the benefits of the development as a whole. We agree with their independent judgment that overall it's considered the benefits of the scheme outweigh any limited harm. We urge you to approve our application. Uh, and just to pick up two points, I think, which is uh, which are relevant from the previous comments, um, I think people have said that the um, uh, the uh, development has increased from, from between the approved application and this application. I think you'll see the officers have investigated this and uh, they have said it is almost identical. And the, I think the second point, people have gone back to the 2009 application when we, we did, um, uh, uh, it was our very first application, I think, when we were, we were very new to the planning uh, uh, system, uh, it did provide access down the existing footpath. And I think Essex Highways quite rightly said that that was not uh, comply um, with, with standards. Uh, and that is why this is a completely different proposal which separates uh, the drive from the footpath. I think those two points are, um, are perhaps misunderstood. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. And Mrs. King. And I do apologise that I ticked your name and I... Yeah, sorry about that. <coughs> That's um, Thank you. Um, 
And I will open it now. And Councillor Lachlan. Thank you, Chair. Um, well, I, I did call this in, um, and I did support it initially, but this, uh, uh, in planning terms, is a different application. It isn't the same as before, which is why we now are, are here looking at this one. Um, but firstly, a bit about Farnham. In 2018, the call for sites, uh, Farnham was deemed to be an unsustainable village with few amenities and almost non-existent transport links. Most journeys necessitate the use of the car on very narrow rural roads. There's no health facilities and there are no shops. Um, as I said, transport links are almost non-existent. An application for a dwelling on this site was approved by the Planning Committee against officers' recommendation for refusal in June 2019. Officers' reasons for refusal were that the proposed dwelling will represent the introduction of built form to this backland position. This is out of character with the general form of development within this area. The application and its surroundings mainly consistent of, uh, consist of linear forms of development along the highway. As such, the introduction of the proposed development would be out of character with the surrounding rural setting on the site and will have a harmful impact. The development is not in accordance with ULP policies S7, Gen 2 and the MPPF paragraph 170. Uh, these observations by planning officers, considered experts in their field, are still valid. Nothing has changed. Uh, the committee approved the application against officer advice. They were told by the applicant's agent in the design and access, uh, access statement that there would be a new dwelling which will be constructed for the applicants who wish to downsize and retire in purpose-built accommodation in the village where they are an active part of the local community. This had the support of not only the parish council, but many neighbours and residents. However, once approved and the principle of development existed, a full application for an altered dwelling was approved under delegated powers. The committee was not aware of this. On any large application, an outline application is submitted and comes back to committee when a full application is submitted. This is not the case for small applications, and sometimes what the committee approves turns into something else. This time, <coughs> the applicant's agents state in the design and access statement that the applicants have progressed with working drawings. These require an increase in the site area, and therefore a full application is required, which is this application, nothing like the other one. There will be an inclusion of a home office in the room space of the garage of the new dwelling. The garage block will be moved slightly westwards. No mention of downsizing or a wish to retire as it was before. Indeed, an office is included, which is totally different from the dwelling the committee originally approved. The, approved. the access has also been changed and now crosses a public right of way. The previous drive was considered ad adequate to serve two dwellings doesn't seem to be adequate now for some reason. This is a reason why the parish council and many residents who originally supported the original retirement property for their fellow villagers now object. Judging by the written objections, they don't feel that a house with a large garage and office can be called a retirement property. Just because the principle of development from an approved scheme has been established doesn't mean that an application should be changed out of all context with the original. 
Policy H4, background development, gives a very clear guidance on this. Officers gave another reason in their conclusion when recommended refusal for the previous application. And I'll read it out. The proposed site is an isolated site, avoid of amenities, services, and not within close proximity of other nearby villages. The proposal does not represent a sustainable form of residential development at this rural location and would not, in the circumstance, oh, the circumstances, be consistent with the local strand of sustainable development. This, of course, is a different application, but these planning reasons are still very valid. None of these reasons have changed since officers refused previous applications. I believe the, the development is against H4, Gen 2, S7 and MPPF paragraph 170. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Um, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, just a couple of questions. Um, can I ask the officer, please, if they could just remind us um, on, on the plan of the actual access way? Can I just see that again, if you don't mind? My, my mind is, um, I need a bit of refreshing what that, that looks like. The access point, the new driveway. Uh, yes, I can bring that Uh, can everyone see that? So the driveway, uh, this is the previous application. So this is showing the new driveway. Going silent, quiet again. Hear me now? Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, this is showing the driveway and the public right of way adjacent to each other. And, and, and luckily I just saw you have it. Could you see the previous one, please? So this is the one improved, yeah, with the access. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. It's a substantial difference. My concerns are, are, are the two questions I have are one, is it substantially the same application as the previous one, um, which gives us some kind of um, um, indication of what our views were? Um, and secondly, the, the large driveway seems to be one of the major problems that people have with it, and it does seem to be rather large. Um, thank you. Um, um, I think those are both very important. Um, thank you. I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Uh, Councillor Sutton. Thank you. Um, I think perhaps personally that we've been duped um, because I feel that when we were looking at this planning application before, we were told it was for a small eco-retirement home for valued members of the village at the, um, and the, at that point, the entrance uh, seems entirely appropriate. Um, it's quite quite clearly contravenes the parish plan and numbers of other planning policies. We have a responsibility for the community at large. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Thank, thanks very much, Councillor Sutton. Um, Councillor Bagnall. Yeah, I think lessons for all of us there. I think um, uh, the officers originally um, recommended for a refusal. Uh, we ignored that as a committee. So, uh, lessons for us in terms of how we uh, how we assess situations. Uh, I think for me, uh, obviously, we can say what we like about whether we were duped or whether someone's changed uh, changed the direction of things. But we have to stick to planning matters. 
Um, so for me, it seems it's outside development limits. Uh, and I think policy S7 is very clear. If it's something that is not required to be there, uh, and I think we've already established by the previous application that we did approve that the driveway is already sufficient for a, a second property there. So I think what we're talking about here is the additional driveway. I don't think there's a requirement for that additional driveway uh, that is of any benefit, and I think that creates the harm under S7. So uh, I agree with Councillor Lachlan on on the reasons why um, uh, it's not an acceptable proposal, uh, and I think that's what we need to focus on. Um, I, I think it's um, I think it's a shame that we're in this situation because I can't imagine it's particularly good for the community either. Um, but the community did support the original application, and that's what we went with. <coughs> uh, the community does not support this application by the sounds of it at all. Uh, and I think when you look at the picture that Councillor Fairhurst has asked to see, I can, I can see that it's very close to that end. Uh, and I would urge members to think very carefully about whether that's a drive that is needed. My fear is that uh, if this gets approved and that drive is approved as part of this, then there will be a further round of a, another application for houses round the back that is different to what you see now. So I think we need to be very careful now because this is potentially a door that is going to be opened that we can't close. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Um, yeah. Sorry, can I just can I just have a minute? My broadcast has gone down again. I'm afraid. Okay. It's not a very good day for it. Sorry, hold on. Okay, and I must actually apologise as well at the beginning because we started late. I just remembered, as you said, that I remembered earlier and then I thought I must say that and I didn't, so I must say that. Apologise for twice. Sorry, Chair, can we, can we take a five-minute adjournment perhaps? While yeah, we... let's, let's do that. Yeah, I might as well. Sorry, Chair, does that mean that everyone's lost everything that I said? No, no. No. That's no. no, all right. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't lost. <laughs> Because <laughs> you hadn't written it down, had you? You were do, you were doing it, and it was good. So yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure we haven't. We couldn't possibly lose that. No, but anyway. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Hello, we are now. Thank you very much. Welcome back, everybody. We had some technical difficulties, so apologies. And I also must apologise for, um, we started slightly later this morning, so and that, that again was because of some technical difficulties we had. So, moving on, we have Councillor Pavard next. Thank you very much, Councillor Pavard. 
Thank you, Chair. Good morning. Um, I thought Councillor Bagnall and Councillor Lockham made a very good case against this application. Um, and also the Parish Council have provided some very well-reasoned opposition. This is one of the very first um, sites that I ever went to when I joined the Planning Com Committee. And I can recall one thing that struck me was the level of support from the community and the Parish Council at that time. And what we seem to have done has gone in 180 degrees, diametrically opposite. And it, one of the things that swung my decision originally was that degree of support from the Parish Council because they are the voice of you know, the local community. They're the local democracy. They made good points at the time. Um, and for this to have degenerated into such a situation does, as Councillor Bangalore says, provide an object lesson to us as members of the planning committee sometimes in following our officers' recommendations. And um, perhaps we're not going to follow the officers' recommendations on this occasion as well. Thank you very much, Councillor Pavard. Um, Councillor Reeve. Thank you, Chair. Um, just a small point. One of the reasons given by uh, uh, the applicant was that this would add to the, um, uh, the housing supply. I think uh, one house in the context of this shouldn't weigh very heavily in our, in our thinking. That was the point I wanted to make. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I think very good points have been made by my fellow councillors, uh, particular Councillor Pavitt. Um, I think, Madam Chairman, this is a, a textbook example of what some people call planning creep. You get a consent uh, and then, uh, oh dear, it mutates into this and oh dear, it's mutated into that. And then quite suddenly it's something entirely different. But the principle of development has been established by the initial consent. We're going to have something in the next case, I think, will... Uh, be a further example of that. So um, we already spent over an hour on this case for one house, which is not a criticism of the committee or its chairing. It's a statement of the fact that we're doing this properly, in my view. Uh, and I think we should make uh, the right decision on this. It is a matter of planning creep, in my view, uh, and we should treat that accordingly. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Lemon... Madam Chair, um, I know highways have no problems with this, but when I went to the site um, on Monday and stood in the road and looked at the new entrance, I'm afraid that, in my opinion, it is dangerous. Whatever highways have said, um, I, it is a dangerous entrance. And the other point I want to make it will also open up the possibility of further development in a, in, a, another, in a dangerous area. One house there is dangerous enough. If they go on and then build more, it's going to be a really dangerous area right on over there. So I'm not really um, very happy with the decision that highways have made. Thank you very much, Councillor Lemon. Councillor Fairhurst, before I come back to you, um, if I may, um, it... They said about the, the applicant said about losing the beach hedge. Well, as far as I could see, walking up the footpath um, next to the proposed drive, where it would go into, the, into their property, they would still lose, I think, a beach hedge. Um, I'm not that good with my hedges, but I think it would be another beach hedge. So it was still cut down 
some beachhead, anyway. Um, it and there was n nothing's been said about where, how, what would happen to whether where the driveway crossed over the footpath. What would happen to the footpath there? Um, is it is it created as um, you know? Is it turned into part of the driveway? What's the surface going to do of the footpath? You know, does that change into driveway surface? Because the damage, if it's not, the damage to the footpath will be quite bad. Um, but also, I think there's some, as we've said, there's some lessons to be learned. Um, we didn't, the application that was approved in March, 20, March earlier this year, that didn't come in front of us because it wasn't called in. Now, that's no reflection on Councillor Lachlan, but it wasn't called in. Um, there's lessons to be learned, um, perhaps, and again, no reflection on the parish council, but had they done that, that would have come in in front of us. Um, so, or asked for it to be called in the parish council. So we, we might not have been in this position now. So it's, and I know it's difficult to keep on top, and it was just the start, you know, things were just starting to hot up with COVID and things. So, but it is, it is necessary at times, we have to keep on top of things. Um, and again, such a change in attitude and such a change from supporting to um, going against and not supporting this. So it's very sad that this has happened in this small community. Anyway, going back to you, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. So what has changed since the previous previous um, assessment of this? Well, what we have established is the principal development has been secured. That's there. Um, what we heard then was that we were looking at, at the establishing a small retirement property, a downsized property for the applicant themselves to enjoy their continued existence in the, in the hamlet, and that's really good. Um, but motive is not a planning consideration. The reasons for doing it really shouldn't be taken into consideration. However, and I think, it's, I think it is a good lesson to learn, the motives informed us at the time of, a, of an extra value in building the site at that time. It was a value. We tried to weigh up the harms versus the benefits. And it is a benefit to the district if we build houses that accommodate local residents easier in their later years and their small dwellings. Is this the same dwelling? Well, it seems patently not to be the same dwelling. Um, I, have, I have big concerns about the, the driver, but clearly the house itself is a different creature. We've also heard that the support in the, in the local communities has changed dramatically. Um, so on the basis of S7, clearly it's a countryside development that would demonstrate need an appropriate um, building. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to comply. Um, it is outside development limits, H4 um, and NPPF, as, as Councillor Lachlan said. Um, I would propose that we refuse this, unfortunately. It is not, it's not the development we need in that space. Thank you. Do, does that have a second? Um, Councillor Lachlan had her hand up, so I'll take Councillor Lachlan's um, second. Can I... Sorry. Sorry, Chair, it has to say. Oh, yes, I know, Councillor Lachlan, you have to say. Yeah. Can I say something? Because I just want to say about this calling in. Um, I have called it in twice. I don't call it in unless I'm asked to call it in. And this was actually delegated to officers. So that's why it didn't come to committee. I didn't. I just wanted to make that point. Oh, yeah, I know. 
Yeah. I, I know, but I just... I know, that's what I'm saying. Had it been... Had that second time one, is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah you, well, didn't that, asked, you didn't get asked, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I wasn't acute. That's why I was saying it, you didn't get asked, Councillor Walker. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. And I will second the proposal to refuse. Thank you. Thank you. Chairman, can I, can I assist members on this one? Yes, please. I think Councillor Bagnall put it absolutely spot on in terms of how it yeah. um, I just want to, I mean, I think the issue here is the difference between what, what's on, whether it's been delegated, whether it's been committed, doesn't no. not really the issue. Uh, the principle has gone, but the this critical difference here seems to be what it is, as a matter of fact, the access. And uh, so, so obviously, you can, you know, you can, you can, you can uh, point out the access as part of that. Gen two is probably the one you're looking at, as well as S seven. You know, if you're of the view that the this development is different to the one that was approved under delegated powers, that's a fact. Uh, the house may be more or less the same, but the access is clearly different. No, the access, no, Janice, you are nodding, but the application that was approved no, under the... It is a different application. Just want to make that... Uh, yeah, but and all I'm... I'm yeah. Lachlan, appreciate your help, Mr Brown. Councillor, I'm trying Mr. to help Lachlan, you. I'm trying to help you, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. I'm perfectly able to decide that myself. Thank you. Well, but I'm asking, I'm, I'm advising committee, not just you, Councillor Lachlan. I mean, oh. the, the Councillor Fairhurst has, has, has proposed S7, and you didn't mention Gen 2. I would suggest you mention Gen 2 as well. Did, yes. The impact in the area. And H4. Gen 2, yes. H4. And H4. It's back Councillor Lachlan, stop interrupting me, please, Chairman. Yes. I'm trying to help members. Yes. Well, I'm trying to give a reason because I've just seconded it. Yes, and I'm trying to clarify the reason, and okay. I'm just going to go through. Hang, hang on, Mr. Brown. Yes, hang on. If we let Mr. Brown finish what he's trying to say, and then if he hasn't put in one one of them that you think he should do, then please come in, okay? As opposed okay. to trying to, because it's like coming out voices all over the place yeah. and nobody can hear anything. So, Let's conduct ourselves the right way yeah. and then do it. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Councillor Fairhurst gave a very good. I just want to. I want to suggest you add Gen Two to that refusal reason. That's all I was going to suggest. S Seven. You don't necessarily have to specify the access, but I think the access is clearly the thing that we could run on, and also the application itself. H Four is a difficult one because, and I think members just need to be mindful of how they're considering H Four because we've already approved a house behind the dwelling, and H Four will take into account. The impact on the neighbours as you pass it by. You could, I'm not, but you could argue that moving the access to this location actually has less of an impact on H4. So you need to be careful about H4. So that I'll leave that to to the proposal in the second to conclude that. But I would seriously advise you have S7 and Gen 2 as you pass your refusal reason, and I would advise you away from H4. But that's your call. I did mention. Yeah. Sorry, I did mention um, Gen two and S seven. I do think H four is important because we were prepared to make a compromise last time because the, the benefits outweigh the harms. In this case, a compromise doesn't exist, so I believe they all have value there. And of course, the access is important. Councillor Lachlan, thank you. <laughs> I would go with that. I'd like to see H four included, please. If it goes to appeal, I think that might actually. Um, the inspector may well look at that, so I'd like that, please. But could you not also look at the fact that it was it was 
not there before. It was, we did take account before. Okay, it's the proposal and seconders, so that's your other proposals and seconders. Can I just say something? Is it Gen 1 or Gen 2? Gen thought, 2. Really? I thought, I thought Gen 1 was um, access. Gen 2 is the impact on the, it's, it's out of character with the area, basically. Okay. That's the, the nutshell, yeah. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you. Okay. All right, we have a proposal to refuse, proposed by Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Lachlan. Um, all those in favour, and over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. The uh, motion before the committee is in respect of prior to that, Chatter End Road in Farnham. I just say approve. No, refuse. You said refuse. Okay. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, yes. The motion before the committee is in respect of Fryerson at Chatterend Road in Farnham, and that remote and that motion is for the refusal of the application. Now, if I could call the register, please, ladies and gentlemen. Councillor Bagnall. Four. Councillor Caton. Four. Councillor Fairhurst. Four. Councillor Freeman. Four. Councillor LeCount? Four. Councillor Lemon? Four. Councillor Lochlin? Four. Councillor Merrifield? Four. Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. And Councillor Sutton? Four. That's a unanimous uh, refusal, Madam Chair. Thank you very much, everybody. That's, that application is refused. Thank you. Um, so thank you for all the speakers today and um, thank you for coming. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Agenda item four, UTT 200864, full application, land behind the old cement works, Thaxton Road, Saffron Walden, and it's over to you, Chris Tyler, Mr. Chris Tyler. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Thank you, Chair. The site is located off Faxted Road in Saffron Morden. It comprises of an open uh, lot of land previously used as cement works, lime kiln and scrapyard. In front of the site is uh, the existing residential development of the kilns and Tiptoff Lane. To the southeast of the site is the retail park, including Aldi Supermarket. This aerial view includes the existing residential development of the kilns and Tiptoff's Lane to the front of the site. The 
Here are some photos of the site. The top left photo uh, shows the proposed development site uh, and tipped off lane to the side of the site. The bottom left photo is of the existing development of the homes, which are live work units, uh, and they face Faxed Road. is for the erection of 35 dwellings, revising the previously approved scheme in 2018. The revision includes the reduction of affordable dwellings from 14 down to 7. This plan is of the proposed layout, including the seven affordable dwellings highlighted in red. The only material change is the reduction of affordable dwellings an introduction of electric vehicle charging points for each dwelling. It's confirmed there are no proposed changes to the layout, scale or design of the scheme. This plan is of the extent planning permission approved back in 2018, with the 14 affordable dwellings highlighted in red. In terms of financial viability, the applicant has advised the 14 affordable house scheme would have a £849,652 deficit, and therefore can't be delivered. Details in two regards, uh, details in regards to the reduction of the affordable dwellings are set out in uh, section 11.19 of the report. The applicant has provided a financial viability report. This has been assessed for the council by an independent consultant. The consultant has confirmed that the scheme can only deliver seven units and remain financially viable. This plan relates to a further planning permission approved back in 2003. This includes eight blocks of live-work accommodation units. Two of the blocks, as highlighted in red, have been built and therefore the planning permission is considered extant and could be completed. This development does not include... Um, you've, Chris, you've just... The voice has gone there. Just All right. Can you hear me now? Yep, we can. Yeah, OK. And I'll just say, yeah, this uh, site, if you didn't hear previously, is extant uh, and doesn't include any affordable houses. This plan is of the proposed street scene and demonstrates a mixture of dwelling types. It's confirmed there are no changes to the design of the development from the previous approval. So in conclusion, the 14 affordable dwelling scheme previously approved is financially unviable. Council's independent consultant has confirmed this and reduction to seven affordable dwellings can be delivered. The fallback position, including the eight blocks of live-work units with no affordable dwellings could be completed. And um, although this does, uh, the proposal does not meet the affordable um, housing contribution of 40%, the seven affordable dwellings that could be delivered would still make a positive contribution to affordable housing. The application is therefore recommended for approval, subject to conditions and completion of Section 106 agreement. Section 106 agreement uh, will secure the seven affordable housing uh, and includes contributions of £89,802 for education, 
and £9,600 towards health facilities. That's the end of the presentation. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, and we have no speakers, so it's open to the committee. Councillor Bagnall. I just want to start by saying I find it unacceptable that uh, we don't get our 40% affordable housing. So I understand there's already existing permission. So you could turn around and say, well, stick with your existing position uh, uh, and do the properties that were approved before. But uh, I think we're probably going to move away from that. But I find uh, the reduction in the affordable housing unacceptable. This district needs affordable housing and every time we reduce our requirement, we get less and less of the affordable housing we need. So I think members need to think very carefully about that. And I'd like to come back on other questions as well, Chair. OK, thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. OK. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I fully support Councillor Bagnall's um, arguments. And uh, when uh, it comes to uh, a vote, I'd like to propose... Um, uh, after a debate, uh, the outcome of this. Uh, Councillor Lochlin, I think, was probably on the committee at the time, back in 2003, when we considered this. I, I can't remember, Janice, whether you were or not, but I certainly was there. Yes, I was. Okay. Um, and the live-work units were a device back then to get to allow building of houses outside of the town development limits. Uh, the two kilns, houses, um, buildings that have been constructed were constructed outside town development limits. Now, nowadays, we don't worry too much about that, I'm told, but it's still there in planning law, and it's still a fact that this site is outside town development limits. Uh, the only reason why the development was allowed, partly also because, it, I suppose, it's um, brownfield. The fact that there is, as I can see it, a legal argument that because there was no requirement for um, affordable housing on the original application, you can say, well, we're not going to have one now. I think that's a fallacious. I, I'm sure it's a, a valid argument in law. Um, the law is a very strange thing. But that was nearly 20 years ago, Madam Chairman, and things change. Circumstances change. When it comes to viability, viability ought not be a planning issue. Because if somebody's bought the land and then they discover they can't actually build on it or make a profit out of it, that's not a planning committee's problem. It's not my problem, it's not our problem. It's not the council's problem. You know, it's a problem of the person who owns the land, certainly. But it's not an issue which should influence air decision, in my view. So I'm very mindful of refusing this application. I totally agree with Councillor Bagnall. We have a desperate need for housing in this area. We have a desperate need for affordable housing. We also have a need for social housing, Madam Chairman. Uh, and actually, if the owner of this land had got on and built the houses which were first consented, we wouldn't be in this position now. Uh, there's far too much of getting a consent and then coming back literally years later uh, and saying, well, uh, it doesn't quite work for us. And these are the reasons why we'd like to do something entirely different. No, that doesn't work. So... so I, when the time comes, Madam Chairman, I would like to, <coughs> I would like to propose this for refusal. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Fairhurst. Madam Chairman, may I, may I defer to Nigel Brown first before I have my say? Please do. 
Yeah, just picking up uh, Councillor Freeman's point, um, this doesn't sit very well with me, and Councillor Bagnall's point, it doesn't sit very well with me, but it is where we are, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, the, there are mechanisms, legal mechanisms, for people to argue uh, that they can't, that it's not viable to provide. And viability is a planning consideration in terms of in terms of an exception to normal policy. Um, it doesn't sit very well with me, uh, but that's where we are, unfortunately, and that's the basis that anything will be defended on appeal. You know that, and obviously <laughs> you will make that decision based upon that. Um, the peculiarity issue here is, and I must admit, it's taken me some time to get my head around this, hence why it didn't come to the committee last month, because I actually pulled it from the committee because I really wanted to get it clear in my mind where we actually were here. The issue is, it's all about value of the land, and Councillor Freeman is quite right in picking up the issues about value of the land, but the issue is here, we have, they bought the land with extant planning permission for a live-work units, and that was the value of the land that they bought it for, and that's always the fallback situation. Obviously, I don't mean there's any intention that they will build the live-work units. It hasn't been a successful... It hasn't been successful for anybody. The, the developer hasn't had made a success of it, and the local authority, I would suggest, in this particular location, hasn't had a success of it in terms of live-work units. But it is still the fallback situation in terms of what can be done. And as, and as Chris mentioned earlier, that had zero contribution to, to affordable housing, so the contribution of 20. That's all I'm going to say, uh, but it, on a viability issue, it has been proven robustly um, that it is not vi viable to continue with affordable housing for 40%, for 20%. I should also add one thing, one mistake on the report that I forgot to mention to Chris from briefing was that the reasons for refusal on the, the, the parallel refusal on the 106 should say no 20% affordable housing provision. So if, if, the one, if members were mindful to approve this, um, then we would review and the 116 come forward, it would be 20%. I'll leave it at that because I, I know members get that, but I just have to say that. Okay. Councillor Fairless. Thank you, Chairman. Um, developers don't build for nothing. They are not altruistic investors. This is not a charity, it's a business. Um, and we went through this all, um, Councillor Fairless will remember and Councillor Lockman will remember, the first days of 2015 when the viability assessment came forward as a basis for a reduction in affordable houses. And at the time, the question we posed was, when is it viable? When is an 8% profit, 20% profit, no profit, a break-even? And that wasn't made clear at the time either. Now, I'm not against anyone making a profit. I just like to know how much it is when you decide to make an allowance and change our policy from 40% to 20%. That's not clear here. When I, when I read that they would make a loss of 849,000 by building seven more houses, that's a rate of 121,000 per house, the numbers are not adding up anymore. What were they making before? Are they making, is this break even? These numbers don't add, Madam Chairman, they don't. If I was building 35 houses, I'd expect to make a reasonable profit. How much of that profit am I prepared to share for affordable houses? I don't know. On the basis of this is in my ward, um, I understand once again that we looked at this yes. before. And, and when we looked at 20, 35 houses, well, 35 houses in this place is, is a lot, but you know what? It's a good place to build them. And and those 40% affordable housing, 14 houses, is valuable. It's one of the reasons why we were keen on it. Now that we've said yes to it, let's remove that, 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 that uh, carrot. And it doesn't sit well, I'm afraid. I completely get what, what Mr. Brown says. It's true. But I'd like more numbers, to be quite honest. I'd just like to see the actual figures, not how much you'll lose by building seven more affordable houses, but how much you plan to make not building them. 
Because at this stage, we don't have that information. We've been told how bad it is. So on that basis alone, and I'll wait until the time comes, I would happily sit, sit, second the yeah, Councillor Freeman's proposal. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Excuse me. <coughs> Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Um, can I direct a question, please, to, to Nigel Brown, Mr. Brown? Um, oh, oh. If we were to refuse this and effectively say, well, fine, fall, fall back on your existing um, permission, which is for live-work units, in other words, blocks of small flats, small apartments, presumably, um, would, would they be in a position then to say, fine, okay, well, we will build those blocks of small units, um, and of course, we'll provide you with no affordable within that, because we're never obliged to in the first place. Is that a feasible situation is what they could do um I, I can't predict whether it would happen or not but it could happen that that could be what happened and that's basis the basis of their argument when they're talking about the land value so yeah so we are faced with a situation rightly or wrongly where we could have seven affordable houses uh or possibly none or the other issue is obviously if the development is unviable, you might not end up with anything because the development won't happen. That's the other issue, and that would be some of the argument. The argument, but okay, you, you get that, uh, and that would be the argument that the members would have. So, it's, so either the fall back to the live work units, or no development at all, and so you won't have any provision of any affordable. Well, you won't have any provision of any affordable housing, let alone twenty percent, and also you won't have any provision of any market dwellings. That's the the applicant's argument, and that's the basis of the the viability argument. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, can I ask uh, William to, uh, sorry, Chris, to put up the um, the slide that shows the layout? Because I've tried looking online and it says documents not available. Can you just show the layout again, please? Uh, and then I've got a couple of questions. <clears throat> I can't hear you, Chris. You're on mute. Sorry. <clears throat> can you show the, the site and layout? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'll, right. You can take that down. I want to see that once more. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple of points that I want to make, which is following up on Councillor Pavitt's point, um, Yes, we could go back to the original scheme and that gives us no affordable housing. But my reading of that original scheme is it might be all nearer affordable housing anyway because of the type of units that would be built. So we might be better off with that scheme because I think we, we might end up with quite a few units that would be deemed as affordable housing nowadays. Um, but a uh, question for Nigel Brown. Uh, Mr Brown, if, if we were to approve this scheme and they came back and they turned that 35 development into a 50 development, we couldn't ask for more than 20%, could we? Because that's what we'd approved under this scheme. I think that would be an argument that would run, yes. But I mean, uh, we're well, only, only hypothesising. I've seen that one before. We had a self-build development, uh, I think, elsewhere. Uh, and I think we were told because we'd previously approved a certain percentage, we couldn't then ask for more, even though they increased the houses. So 
my, my challenge to members here is that we've got a number of choices here. We could we could refuse this, uh, and we could ask them to stick to the original planning application, which would, I, in my view, give us the affordable units because of the type of units they would be potentially. Uh, we could we could approve this uh, and run the risk that they come back for more housing at a basis of 20%. Me personally, I think we should be insisting on 40% because uh, without these affordable units, we're gradually breaking the whole purpose of trying to have affordable units. We're going to end up with all the houses that people can't afford in this district and none left for the people that live and work in this district. So I think it's really, really important that we stick to our guns. And clearly the developers are trying to play hardball. Um, but we, we do have uh, the residents on our side. They voted us in to do these things. And we must be, in all conscience, we must be doing the right thing for the residents. And that means affordable housing. So I think we need to stick to our guns on this one. Uh, thank you, Chair. Chairman, can I just correct... Yeah, can I just correct one thing there? I mean, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to take away what Councillor Bagnall's just ended with, but just but, but um, just be careful that the the work live units were there were specialist housing for want of a better word rather than affordable housing. So I don't think you would necessarily. No, get I, I get that, but in true the truest sense, they might be more affordable than the stuff that will end up there. Yeah, absolutely. And secondly, um, much as much as I I pick up what you say about they could come back for more and and take that twenty percent and run with it. Um, obviously, that's not in front of us today, but I just, no, just I need that. to. I just need to make some members are mindful in that because. But everything else you just said is. is... Oh, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Reeve. Thank you. Uh, can I ask what's the definition of a of a live work uh, house? So, what makes these houses different from any other houses? Thank you. Uh, what's come out is not a lot different, to be honest. But what was the the the, the, the thinking was, and we weren't unique in Uttlesford. Every every district, it was a thing that happened at the turn of the century, to be honest. In terms of lots of councils had these. It's a it's the opportunity to have a development whereby, and quite often it was a larger than normal garage, so you could run a you could run a workshop from those buildings. And the aim of the day was that you could end up running a a business from home. That's what it's all about. Obviously, that was. We're all doing that now. Yeah, we're all at home at the moment, so therefore that's the issue. But I think the, the fact is that was the thinking behind it. It was pre-internet, and therefore it was everyone working from home and with a larger than normal garage. Unfortunately, it didn't pick up because there was an appeal decision very early on some other work units elsewhere, which meant you couldn't actually force someone that had to run a business in order to live in the house. Um, and therefore it all got a bit, it became, it rolled a bit. Um, had you had a load of properties with workshops in the garages, then yes, you would have had a specific issue. But you know, but yeah, but the, the thing is to have a space in which to run a business, um, and, and that would have been the garage. Thank, thank you. Because I, I would then, sorry, the, thank you, Chair, just to the corollary is uh, that being the case, then this isn't meeting the original need. So the, the whole premise is, uh, is invalid. Thank you. thank you very much. If I could also add. If I may, if I could also add, Madam Chair, that over the years, those live work units that have been built out mainly now have either the benefit of a certificate of lawful usage or have been subject to a successful change of use application to purely residential. So all people now have is the garage. Okay. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. 
have three speak have three councillors left. Which councillor Pavitt is the last one. I'm presuming that um, councillor Freeman of Fairhouse wants to put the proposal forward. So I might just take councillor Pavitt before you two. Um, I have to have to say. So councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Just following up on this question of whether we force it back to where it should have been, um, and, and particularly the points made by Councillor Baglon, it was. I think I'm right in saying that that small apartments, particularly for singletons, and increasingly these days people might be working from home, um, are needed. You know, and they need to be at a low value or considerably less than what would be there in terms of development that's proposed at the moment. Um, and, and I do wonder whether, in refusing this application, we, we focus the developers' minds on going back to reduce something that is a, you know, a development of small apartments that will fulfil a need um, that these houses that are being proposed don't. Um, could I also just ask the officer, um, on the drawings where the one that you just put up that Councillor Bagel wanted. There are two alternatives. One shows one group of houses in red and another shows another group of houses in red. Could you just quickly explain what that is? So the uh, first uh, drawing is the current proposal uh, which has these seven um, affordable housing units. Uh, and then the second one is that that previously approved scheme, which had the 14 um, affordable dwellings. And it's just to show you the two different, uh, where they are sited in the site. Um, oh, I see. So, so I see that, that there was a, a plan to do these houses with the 20, whatever it was, 14, sorry. Uh, and then the viability study was carried out. And so they've come back to do just the seven, I see. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Right. Thank you very much, Councillor Pavitt. Oh, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Freeman. Thank you. Okay. Um, I, I restate yeah. that uh, this was something that's handed down from government. The live-work unit was a concept which enabled development where development would otherwise not have been allowed. Uh, and one of the tests when I sat in on an early application for this was to say, well, if these are live-work units... Whereas the high-speed broadband, I, it wasn't pre-internet. I was using internet, so was everybody else then. Uh, it's just it wasn't as developed as it is now. Uh, and no, they didn't have any high-speed broadband. That would be one of the obvious things you'd put in a block uh, where everybody's supposed to be living and working. So it, they didn't even pay lip service to it then. I would remind members that this is a brownfield site. And brownfield sites are worth their weight in gold, as it were, when it comes to development course, actually, they're much easier to develop uh, in planning terms, in terms of planning consent, than uh, a greenfield site. So it's a valuable site. Uh, I don't think the developer will have any difficulty finding a use for it. Um, they could go back and build the original units, of course, and that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. The people that live in the two existing ones don't dislike them, and they would fulfil a purpose. I totally agree with the earlier speakers. Uh, I think that uh, we shouldn't be manipulated by this. And if we end up with no affordable houses in this example, it doesn't necessarily matter because the sort of houses that are going to be built are very similar to affordable anyway. 
So I, I propose, Madam Chairman, that we refuse this application. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Does that, Councillor Fairhurst, are you proposing to second? Yes, Madam Chairman, I'd like to just say, um, I, I support obviously what, what Councillor Freeman says, um, but when looking at it, of course, we noticed that there are three four-bedroom houses with large uh, yards, um, and I think there are more than there are 20 three-bedroom houses, which could be more creatively organized um, using slightly smaller pieces of ground. Um, and I think there's a little level of creativity required to rework this. Business is about making profit by, by getting the right mix. We have to stick to our guns because otherwise we become a pusher. We agree on 40%. That's our policy. That's our minimum policy. And I think we should stick with it. Well, let's not have policy. So I fully support and second Councillor Freeman's proposal. Chairman, can I assist members again? Please do, Mr. Brown. I mean, this is very simple, to be honest. It's, it's policy yeah. H9. Doesn't doesn't provide a 40% affordable, affordable housing. Everything else is exactly what members have already approved before. It's just a 40% bit before. Yes. So I just think it's just on policy H9. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. So... We have a proposal to refuse, um, proposed by Councillor Freeman, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst, and so all those in favour of refusal um, to vote. Councillor M. Elizabeth, thank you. Over to you. Thank you, Madam Chair. We have a um, proposal in respect of the application at the old cement works, that's federal Saffron Walden, and that proposal is to refuse the application. If I can take the register, ladies and gentlemen. Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Caton. Councillor Freeman. Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor LeCount. Councillor Lemon. Councillor Lachlan. Councillor Merrifield. Councillor Pavitt. Councillor Pavitt? No, I haven't heard you. Councillor Pavitt, I need to hear you. The, oh, the space bar is not functioning as it should do. Uh, four is the answer. Thank you. Councillor Reeve? Four. And Councillor Sutton? Four. Thank you. So, Madam Chair, that is an, a unanimous vote to refuse this application. Thank you very much. Now, um... Would we like a, a five-minute break? Grab a coffee, something like that? Yes? Okay, so it is... Well, let's make it seven minutes. So let's come back at five to twelve. Yeah, let's come back at five to twelve. Okay, thank you very much. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Yes, we can. Thank you. Hi. That's good. Okay. Um, yeah, just a... Be clear to, to... Oh, right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, and it's U, UTT 19-2149, Outline Planning Commission, Sandhurst, Great Canfield Road, and it is in Canfield, and not on as takely as it has been written on the application. So, an error was done. So, sorry about that. Thank you. Over to um, the officer, Clyde Theobald, to do the presentation. Thank you very much. Theobald? Thank you, Chair. Um, yes, it was, a, I think, a, a system um, error that uh, it came up as takely, so uh, apologise for that. Um, this outline application uh, with appearance, landscaping and scale reserved uh, relates to the erection of five dwellings, including demolition of existing buildings at Sandhurst. screen's gone very, very slow, so I'll just try again. see that can't you yes we can yeah okay i'm have to do it uh, manually slide by slide. yeah yeah okay um the the site lies on the east side of great canfield road at hope end and comprises a flat parcel of amenity grassland positioned between canfield house and sandhurst Nursery Grove, a new residential development on the site of the former nursery, Canfield Nursery, lies to the rear of the site, divided by a line of boundary trees extending into a small copse. A field lies to the immediate north of the site, which is screened from the site by an established boundary hedgerow. Now, I apologise for the uh, quality of these drawings, uh, these handwritten drawings. Um, I've tried to enlarge the... Uh, combined plan where um, I need to. So just in context, as I say, that's the um, Canfield Nursery that's now been developed and um, Canfield House is here and uh, that is Sandhurst, which is the applicant's property. This is 
is an aerial view of the site and surroundings. So you can see here now where uh, the Camfield Nursery site, Nursery Grove, has been developed, and uh, it's in this clustering of dwellings. And this is the site here, with access gained between Sandhurst and Canfield House. This is a view looking north along Great Canfield Road. This is Sandhurst on the right, and the access into the site um, is in here. And uh, this is a view other direction, uh, Sandhurst there, and this is looking into uh, the site. I, I was going to show another couple of um, site access photos for these slides, but I thought there may have been too many. Um, if there's a need to, I've got them, and I can hopefully share those on the screen a bit later if necessary. And that's the view of the interior of the site looking back up to the site entrance, which would be in here. This is a view looking down the site uh, towards the northeast corner. This is the hedged boundary here, which um, separates the um, grassland to the, the field uh, to the immediate north. And this is a view looking back down the site towards the southeast corner. And you can see the, uh, the properties in Nursery Grove uh, to the rear behind a, um, a hedged boundary. And this is the boundary to, to Sandhurst. And uh, this last slide is looking back up the site and on to the northern boundary here. And this is Canfield House on the immediate north of the site with, as you can see, an established hedgerow along here. Some old buildings, including a Nissan hut, which are um, being used for storage uh, within the ownership of the um, applicant is there. Um, now, this outline application as submitted is, in effect, a revised outline application for refused application uh, 181516OP for the same number of dwellings, but with the following changes made. Consideration of layout is now sought for this resubmitted scheme. Uh, frontage visibility display adjustments have been clarified to address the cited highways visibility reason for refusal for the refused application. And a previously shown curved hammerhead for the proposed spine service road shown for the previous refused application is now shown as a straight type 3 hammerhead on the advice of Essex County Council Highways, as you can see here. So this uh, submitted site layout, as hopefully you members can see on this enlarged block plan, shows a line of five new dwellings with garages extending down a new spine access road here, uh, terminating here. Uh, plot one would incorporate a frontage dwelling here, facing onto Great Canfield Road, uh, positioned between Sandhurst and Canfield House, whilst the dwelling for plot five over here um, would be sited obviously within this return section. Now, the principle of backland housing development at this location lying outside development limits is considered acceptable taking into account comments previously expressed by an appeals inspector for refused application 
UTT 181560P for five dwellings at this site, who concluded that the site lies within a sustainable location relative to local services and that the development by reason of its scale and layout as a small backland development scheme would not result in harm to the character and appearance of the area, particularly having regard to the presence of the adjacent new housing development at the former Can Canfield nursery site behind. Now this last slide yeah, um, shows the visibility arrangements. Um, I would stress that nothing has changed uh, from the refused application in terms of um, sight lines um, beyond the fact that the, the architect has now clarified them for the revised application. Um, it was, it was the, uh, the fact that the, the built inspector, when he was considering highways, didn't have this information to hand. Um, Essex County Council Highways have reviewed, reviewed the site entrance arrangements as now clarified on this revised drawing and have commented that the access arrangements as now shown are acceptable from a highway safety perspective as the required frontage visibility displays of 2.4 by 43 metres for a 30 mile per hour zone can be achieved either within the applicant's control or within the limits of the highway. As such, they do not raise any highway objections subject to a Type 3 turning head being instructed for the scheme, notwithstanding that the Highways Authority would not be prepared to adopt the proposed development. Uh, the proposal as submitted now complies with Gen 1 of the adopted local plan in light of the applicant's clarification regarding the achievement of site visibility displays and the revised highway comments. As such, the previously cited technical highways reason for refusal for refused application 181516OP has now been successfully overcome for this current application. Just returning to the layout, very briefly, the layout of the proposed development showing five detached dwellings and garages in linear form is considered acceptable, whereby the indicative site layout shows that both parking and residential amenity standards would be met. The inclusion of plot one as a frontage dwelling would help provide continuity of the linear street scene along Great Canfield Road. Lastly, it is stated in the application details that the dwellings as shown for this five dwelling housing scheme would all be for bedroomed, although the applicant has subsequently confirmed to the council that the final housing mix could be a mix of both three and four bedroom dwellings to reflect more local housing need requirements, whereupon the dwellings shown for plots one and two at the front of the site here um, could comprise the three bedroom units with the remainder at the rear, plots three to five comprising the four bedroom units. It is therefore recommended, Chair, that this revised outline application for the residential development of the site for five dwellings be approved. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Theobald. Um, we have one speaker, uh, Councillor Driscoll. Good morning, Councillor Driscoll. Good morning, Madam Chair. Um, I wish to read out a statement from Great Canfield, and then as an add-on, I have um, something I would like to add as well. The application site is situated in a hamlet of Pope End in the parish of Great Canfield. The parish council's response can be read in your meeting pack. 
it sets out in detail why, in its view, this application is unsustainable development on a greenfield site located in a countryside should be refused. In summary, the site is situated on a narrow rural lane south of the Flitch Way. There are no pavements, no street lights. It creates backfill where none exists and contributes to the urbanisation of Open. Something Great Canfield Parish Council is fighting hard against. If this application is allowed, it will create a density of housing that does not currently exist in the hamlet and will set a precedent for developing infill. The officer's report recommends the application for approval, noting that an earlier identical application, which was refused by Uttlesford and went to appeal, would have been allowed by the inspector except for a highway issue which has now been overcome. In recommending this application, the officer is suggesting that if this application is refused, it will simply be overturned by the inspector. Great Canfield Parish Council has always objected to development opened whenever that, sorry, whether that is a large-scale applications like the Gladman for 135 new homes, which was dismissed by the planning inspector in 2019, Village Developments, which is an appeal against Huttleford's refusal for 80 homes due to be heard in early February next year, or the small-scale five-house sites such as the one before you. In the last few years, permission has been given for 16 new homes at Obend across five separate applications. In addition, a further site at Obend was subject to several consecutive applications which resulted in six traveller pitches. All these developments except one has been on Greenfield site. The one Brownfield site application was the development of the former nursery site where the parish council worked with the developer to achieve a solution that was satisfactory to all involved. The number of new homes at Obend is escalating through small-scale development, resulting in urbanisation, creeping, into the countryside in locations where the only access to shopping, health and leisure facilities is by car. This is in direct opposition to the wishes of the residents as expressed in the approved village design statement. If this latest application is allowed, it will make 21 new homes through six applications plus six traveller pitches within a short space of time. At the Gladman inquiry, the applicants were very keen to bring up recently approved developments at Hope End and Takeley to support their own application. Allowing these small-scale developments makes it far more difficult to defend the likes of Gladman and village developments, as there becomes little difference between the development that exists at Hope End and what exists at Takeley. The argument for development on the single line of fields that separates these two village, villages is separately weakened. Sorry, severely weakened. It has always been the intention of our district council that land south of the Flitch Way is protected from development. This sensitive area will quickly disappear if these pockets of speculative developments continue. The Parish Council asked the Planning Committee to consider the impact of allowing yet another small-scale development at Hope End Amlet 
and ask that the application be refused. I shall send a copy of that to the committee to reflect on. Um, as an add-on, I would like to request that the committee consider conditions should they be of a mind to approve on the following concerns. The shortest access to site is off of the B1256, um, technically maybe just on the border with Little Canfield, onto Great Canfield Road, which continues into Canfield Road. My concerns are the size of the vehicles. Uh, they will be heavy vehicles over the Flitchway Bridge, and during school travel times, I feel this could be a problem on the narrow road. That's all I wish to say, Madam Chair. Thank you for the time to let me speak. Thank you very much, Councillor Driscoll. Um, open it up to the committee. Um, Councillor Fierce. Thank you, Madam excuse, Chair. Uh, if excuse me, if you, if you don't mind, Madam Chair, given that it's 12.15 and I would welcome the opportunity of a brief break, would it be possible for me to leave now and would you accept my apologies for the rest of the meeting, please? Thank you very much. And it will be... Um, uh, it is now 12.15. Jane is taking over your um, duties. Yes? Yes, thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Can I ask Mr. Theobald if you could please just go back to the picture you showed us, sort of the aerial photograph of the site and the, and the nursery uh, development, please? Sure. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Um, no, no, this, this, yeah. this is a photograph. Uh, I know the one. It's just a bit slow on my screen today, so apologies. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one there. Um, on the face of it, this is rather a sad application for all of us because it's clearly outside development limits. It is countryside. It is, it's near the south of Flitch Way. Um, it's I might be quite clearly backland development, you know how to feel about that. Um, and it does, it's not in keeping with the character of, of, of the area. But if you look at the, at the nursery development next to it, it is very hard to argue that you don't just fill it in. Um, this is what happens when we allow, when inspectors allow backland development like the previous one, um, and you end up with a situation where now you basically just fill in the gaps. It's going to be extremely difficult on planning uh, con uh, uh, considerations to refuse this. It's backland, it's outside development limits, it's all those things, and yet now we've been painted into a corner. Um, I'll reserve judgment, but, but I, I feel this is a very frustrating situation to look at. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. If you could share Clive so I can see. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Bagnall. Just picking up on the point that Councillor Driscoll made, um, yes, south of the Flitchway is, is seen as uh, an area that should not be developed. Uh, but as Councillor Fairhurst has pointed out, uh, is, this might be a very difficult one to defend if you read the inspector's decision notice at the last appeal. Um, but having said that, if, if we feel that it's wrong, uh, and we have good reason to say that it's wrong, then we shouldn't shy away from that fact, even if we think it's difficult to defend. So um, it's our duty here is to, to make a sound judgment based on what is in front of us. Uh, and if, if we feel 
for whatever reason that we want to approve or refuse this, then we should stick to uh, to that reasoning. And we shouldn't be swayed too much by what the inspector might do, because the inspector will do what they'll do anyway. So uh, we shouldn't be frightened to to refuse anything on the basis that it will be approved by an inspector. That's their decision and not our decision. So uh, I would just ask members to, to make sure that you consider it in light of policies, the location, uh, and whether we think it's the right, the right location for this type of development, uh, and not to be clouded by what the inspector might or might not do. And I have read that one, so I, I, could, I could see how you might be swayed by that. But uh, I think our role is to determine based on what we have here. Thank you, Councillor Bagwell, agree with that. Um, Councillor Reid. Yes, thank you. I, I support the, the thinking of the, uh, the, the speaker so far. Uh, and argue that there is a bit of a reason for not approving this, and that is the one that the nursery site, which is the one tending to sway us in the direction of saying, oh, well, it's just infill, that that was Brownfield. And uh, in retrospect, now with my uh, economic development hat on, maybe better uh, uh, use of that uh, land could have been, uh, could have been found. Uh, so I think that... Um, that that's the reason why we actually shouldn't be uh, uh, approving this one, is that uh, um, this is land, um, this is a different situation than the nursery site one. Thank you very much. Mr Brown, would you care to help us here? You're not, you're not, you're still yeah. me. Just to clarify, and this is not trying to go over old ground again, but the nursery site wasn't considered a brownfield site it was a nursery site and uh, so it wasn't approved on the basis of it being brownfield it was actually recommended for refusal by officers and members approved it there was there were sound reasons why members wanted to approve it i'm not over egging that but it wasn't because it was a brownfield site it was a site that i think potentially could have been used for something else which was worrying them which was worrying them but it's there it's there but it wasn't approved on the basis of brownfield site but uh, that's all i just needed to clarify right thank you very much Mr. Brown, Councillor Bagnall, do you want to come back, or is it your hand just being left up? Just being left up. Sorry, chair, it's just left up. Okay, right. Nobody else wants to say anything. Okay. Oh, yes, we do. Councillor Fair. Oh, Councillor, I'll come back to you, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Pavitt. Yes. Could I just ask for some clarification from the from the officer? I'm looking at the um, Google satellite picture, and there are the one, two, three, four, five, six, what look like seven new houses with a large area in front of them with, with what look like um, hammerheads leading into a, an open area. Could you just clarify what might be happening up there, that light-coloured area in the centre of um, the picture? Yeah. Uh, do you want me to share the screen, or...? Uh, might help people if they can see that. Yeah. This area here. Yes. That's <coughs> um, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 99% sure that's uh, further dwellings to reflect the, the theme of the um, very large um, gated development we've got there. So um, you always got the feeder road private drive coming here and then you've got um, 
further sort of sub ones to go in there with the the one at the end. That's all I can really comment on. on that. Is it stuff that's been consented already? Yep. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, okay, well, I've got, um, well, you've both spoken, so Councillor Fairhurst had his hand up first, and then I'll come back to Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, duly chastened by my um, learned friend, Councillor Bagnall, um, he's absolutely right. This is, the, this is the tribunal of first instance, and the reason for having an appeal is that, that we must judge matters on our own merits and stick to what we believe is correct. Um, it is unfortunate. It was very, it would be very frustrating to the alternative. But I think that this is very clearly outside development limits. It is in the countryside. It is south of Flitchway, which we regard as sacred. It is definitely a backland development. Um, and I disagree with the, with the inspector that it won't cause any harm. And guess what? The people locally agree with me on that as well. So I hereby propose that we reject this. Councillor Bagnall? Councillor Bagnall? Before, before I second that, could we just be clear on some reasoning? So, uh, so some policies I made a note of uh, were policy S7, countryside, H4 for backland, and H7, nature conservation. So I'd like, I'd like Mr Brown's input on that, because I, re I called out H7, nature cons conservation, on the basis that it was uh, in proximity to the flitchway. Before I did any seconding, I'd like clarification on the on any potential reasoning. Members need to be careful on nature conservation because we do have uh, no objections from the uh, county from from our um, from the ecologist, um, and that would have taken into account all the necessary issues around uh, nature conservation in the area. So it would be a very difficult one to fly if you've got no objection from ecology. Uh, the reason why I called out H7, Mr Brown, was because of the Flitchway. If you don't think, because I know the Flitchway is an area protected for itself as well, uh, and when they moved Takeley Park from the Stansted Airport site to south of Flitchway, that was deemed an exceptional circumstance, and it was said at the time that no, no other development should be allowed south of Flitchway. Uh, and that's the only reason I call that H7. If, if you don't think that's appropriate, then we need to take your advice. I would, I would probably say it's a difficult one to fly, and, and it being, I can't, I can never say nothing's inappropriate. But I would say because of the ecologist's comments, he would have taken on board of that. The issue of south of the Flitchway, and, and be honest with you, the Flitchway issue in terms of that has stood very, very squarely, and the the, the, the appeal decisions that Councillor Driscoll referred to earlier. We've been very, very clear in South of the Flitch Way, but it's more of the landscape impact rather than just a line. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I feel like slightly blasphemous to just call in the Flitch Way a line, but it's, it is more than that. It's, but it is South of the Flitch Way. So I think it's a very difficult one to fly at the moment in terms of um, for ecological regions South of the Flitch Way. I would suggest that S7 and H4 are enough to go by. Um, okay. And also, I'm not going to overrate this, but members, you are considering the inspector's decision as a material planning consideration. You can't just set it aside. And I don't, I don't think you are, but I just don't, I want to make some, not, just want to be careful that it is a material planning consideration in, taking this, in, in terms of taking a decision. Can but I would suggest you stick with S7 and, and H4. Can I, can I suggest also the condition that was proposed by Council Driscoll should be considered in terms of access and so on if we were to, to, if we were to be considered an appeal. Um, but I would actually go with the conservation just because 
we have to keep on coming back to, um, and it may be a, a, a tenuous link. We must come back to the fact we want the, the protection of the of, of which way. So, I I completely recognise what you say, Mr. Brown, but I would like to include that as a kind of custom that we get used to in, in, in preserving our natural and historic heritage. So I'd include that, and I'd include the conditions of uh, that, that, that council just suggested. As, as that is as that is your call completely, and okay, it's not please. standing totally on that. But it's it's something else that can be can can, can be can be added into the appeal. Yes, Chair, can I just check that Councillor Fairhurst is proposing refusal, uh, and the reasons given for that are S seven H four and H seven. Yes, and and included the condition that that Council Driscoll said okay. he to appeal. Yeah, we'll take that away as part of the appeal process. We would, I mean, I think we're talking a construction management plan as part of the suggested conditions. Yes, well, we can. Yeah, on that basis, I'd be happy to approve the proposal. Uh, sorry, I'd be happy to second the proposal. Okay. Um, sorry, uh, Nigel, could I just uh, a, a correction on the policy? Um, uh, policy H7 is being quoted. Uh, that's replacement dwellings. I, I think it's Gen 7 Ecology. Apologies, I got that from the officer's report. I got it from the uh, report in front of me. I think the parish mentioned age seven, I think, in terms of their comments. But yes, it is. Sorry, that's my fault. It is Gen 7. So what, where are we? Is it, so it's S7. H4 and Gen 7. Right. Okay. And the condition called out by Councillor Driscoll. Yeah. Construction management. Yeah. So yeah. just, yeah, just to clarify, it is Gen 7, which is nature conservation, age 7 which I think has come out of the parish comments mentioned H7. I think I think it was that one. No, it wasn't that one. Sorry, it was, that was the one previously. But it is it, Gen 7 is the one required, required around nature conservation. Okay. Right, thank you. So... H4, not H7, Nigel. Both H, H4, Gen 7. Yeah, just for clarification, is is S7... Gen 7, and I've missed one out now. H4. 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 Yeah. Gen S7, H4, and Gen 7. Those three policies. Right, there now. Okay, so, here we go. Um, so, this is going for a refusal, so my brain went there. Proposed by Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Bagnall. Um, so, over to you, Jane. Thank you. Would you mind very much if I um, called the register rather than in alphabetical order from how you appear on my screen? Um, uh, well, yes. I don't have a list of everybody in front of me in alphabetical order. I don't want to um, miss anyone. Sorry about that. Okay. Or I, I could call it chair. I'm just going to say, or Chris could do it, yeah. Yes, if, yes, if you mind... Yeah, we fine. Thank you very much, Jane. Sorry about that. That's okay. Sorry. No, you didn't know that. Okay. Thank you. Over to you, Chris. Okay, thank you. So the proposal is refusal on the grounds of S7, Gen 7, H4, as well as the condition called from uh, Councillor Gregory. Um, Driscoll. Driscoll. Sorry, beg your pardon. Councillor Driscoll, Sorry. Sorry, sorry, could I just intervene? Um, if it's a condition, um, 
if we're going for refusal, um, I'm just slightly um, confused on what, why a condition is being raised. Well, what I suggest we do, uh, back to Chris again, is we um, we don't have that as part of the recommendation. The recommendation is refusal on basis of S7, Gen 7 and H4. And we will take away Councillor Driscoll's request uh, that uh, that's not part of the proposal, that um, in terms of defending the appeal, we always have to put forward suggested conditions and we will put forward the conditions which Clive has already suggested in terms of his recommendation for approval, plus what Councillor Driscoll had requested, which I think was a construction management plan. Because I agree, there would be have to be some sort of some sort of approach on that one. So that's not part of the proposal, it's just a proposal to refuse. Thank you. Thanks, thanks very much. So uh, the proposal to uh, to uh, reject, um, Councillor Bagnall? Four. Councillor Caton? Four. Councillor Fairhurst? Four. Councillor Freeman? Four. Councillor LeCount? Four. Councillor Lemon? Four. Councillor Lachlan? Four. Councillor Merrifield? Four. Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Sutton? Four. Thank you. Unanim unanimous uh, rejection, Chair. Thank you very much. Now, um, Chris, do we have in the waiting room Councillor Hargreaves and, this, and this, the other speakers for um, items, agenda items six and seven? Yes, we do, Chair. They're, they're oh, do. all there at the moment. Right, okay, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure that they weren't, you know, later, maybe this afternoon. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Councillor, very much. Oh, Councillor, please go on. Okay, so if you'd let them in, please. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Clive. Okay. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Councillor, very much. Items, agenda items six and seven. Yes, we do, Chair. They're, they're all there at the moment. Right, okay. That's fine. Just wanted to make sure that they won't maybe this afternoon. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. I would suggest someone's got the broadcast on, haven't they? Somebody's got the broadcast on. Whoever? Can I ask whoever's got the broadcast on? Could you turn it off, please? Looks like it has done now. Um, if everybody, if all the new um, participants could actually mute themselves as well, please, that would be good. Thank you. Um, so, I, agenda item six, UTT 20.0234, full application, uh, land at Branscombe, White Ditch Lane, <coughs> excuse me, Newport. And the officer is Matthew Kranich. Morning, but, it's, but it's Nathan that's presenting it. Sorry, Chairman. Sorry, I do apologise. Nathan, over to you. Sorry, Nathan. Uh, uh, screen sharing. has been disabled for me. Uh, so I can't... Bear with share. me. I'll, uh, you, you left the room. Bear with me. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that facility back. Bear with me, please. You should, you should have it now, Nathan. I've got it now, thank you. Okay, I'm um, presenting uh, Land Jason Branson, White Ditch Lane, on behalf of Matthew Cranston. 
So this is the site location block plan showing the soil buns. You've gone quiet again. Their view in elevation form, and is also showing them from the site. And uh, this uh, shows the approved and the proposed bun layouts. So the approved uh, bun layout is the one uh, from the bottom proposed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so the stepped is the approved, and the red line is... No, no, sorry, ignore me. The red line is the approved, the proposed is the... taking your picture off and then you might gain a bit of broadband. That's true. Thank you, Councillor Dean. Uh, I'm not uh, sure if you lost them. Uh, we got to the rear of 16 pastures close. Can you see this one? Nathan, I suggest you go all the way back to the yeah. to when you were showing the bend, that one. Yeah, that's where we lost you. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, okay. So, yeah, this is just showing the different buns. So the proposed bund, so the approved bund is the straight red line. The proposed bund shows the step formation. Change. And then we just have some different views from the rear of the dwelling to 16 passages close. Not really clear. And then this is from the end of the site towards number 17 on the left, number 16 on the right, pastures close, so this is the top of the bund. Again, from the end of the site towards 17 on the left and 16 on the right. Close. You're actually coming in and out. Um, I've lost this completely. Uh, yeah. Um, no. I would suggest you remove the headset and just speak into the device. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, view from the rear of the site, 16 passages close. From the first plateau of the earth bund, 16 passages close towards Meadow Street Way. And that concludes the presentation.
Should I go over some points of that again? Um, Kira, if I may, I'd, I'd like to hear it from the start again. Yes, I would, because I, um, may I say, I am heartily confused. I don't know about the rest of the members. Nothing to do with you, Nathan. Um, yes, I think the technology is confused. Technology has confused the situation. If you could start again, please. Thank you. Can you take us back to the beginning, Nathan? Is that possible? Suggestion. Possibly Mr. Brown might be able to actually take over. Is it possible? No, no, no. He, he actually has the... Um... My, my knowledge of the case is very minimal. Um, I mean, I, I think... I think he's back at the beginning. Is that the... Yeah. That, that may be in a delayed shed. Yes, I think it is. I think it's... I think Nathan's having problems with his internet today. Is that looks... Okay, if you could start again, Nathan, that would be wonderful. Okay, Thanks. fine. So, land adjacent Branksom, White Ditch Lane, Newport. Uh, so, the application is for proposed soil buns. Uh, the application has already got some approved soil buns, so this application seeks to change the layout and formation of the soil buns. So, this slide here shows the proposed soil buns. And you can see that they're in a step formation. This is what the application seeks to change. And so this shows the approved and the proposed soil buns. And these are superimposed on each other. So like I say, the approved bund shows as just one straight long plateau proposed layout just seeks to step them. That's it. That's the proposed change here. And these are just some views from the rear of the garden. So you can actually already see they're kind of in that step format and they're seeking to regularise this. So this is from the rear of the dwelling, 16 pastures close, which has one of the soil buns. Again, from the rear of 16 pastures close and 17 pastures close, which again, both have the soil buns. The photos aren't great, but you can see the step formations. Uh, and so this is from the end of the site towards number 17 and 16. So this is at the highest point of the soil buns, which again has permission. Again, from the end of the site towards number 17 on the left and number 16 on the right. And then this is for you from the rear of the site from 16 pastures close. So this is on the end of the bun looking out towards the open countryside at the bottom of the garden. And this is from the first plateau, so the first step from 16 pastures, pastures close towards Meadow Sweetway. And so, yeah, towards those houses there. And that's it. Apologies for the poor broadband connection. Oh, Version of people one day to uh, do some works and pour everything. Yeah. Um, it, never lets, it, always lets you, it always lets you down, doesn't it? I mean, you know, not you personally, but just as all times. So, you Brilliant. know, no need for apologies. Thank you, very much. Thank you very much. Um, so we have two speakers on this application, and um, the first one is Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, 
Chair, could I ask please that Nina Clark speaks first? Say, it may be not obvious to the committee why on earth I've called this in. I'm going to explain at the end what it is I'm looking for the committee to look at. Nina lives in one of those houses that you saw photographed off the side. So she's got a view of this. So she could okay. go... Thank you. You can go into your explanation later. Thank you very much. Um, good morning, Ms. Ms. Clark. Thank you very much. Oh, you're still on mute. Good morning. Hello, you're still on mute. You need to unmute yourself. Thank you. That's you. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Thank you. Thank you. Um, good afternoon, Chair and Members. My name is Nina Clark and I live at number one Meadow Sweetway, which as Councillor Hargreaves just explained, is one of the houses you saw on the photograph. Um, Meadow Sweetway is on the higher part of the Wick and Lee Estate in Newport. The application site is to the northwest of the rear of my property and can be viewed from my house and garden. I objected to the original application, but I do wish to make clear that I fully understand that the previous application for the retrospective approval of a bond was approved. And just to confirm to you that the points of objection I'm raising today are solely in relation to this latest application. The application today proposes altering the two elevations of the bond. As stated in the planning officer's report, the proposal is to shorten the length of the first elevation of the bond, this being the elevation closest to the two properties concerned, by 15 metres, or in old money, this is, um, sorry, Apologise that it reduces the. Um, it, sorry, let me start that paragraph again. It's as stated in the planning officer's report. The proposal is to shorten the length of the first elevation of the bond. This being the elevation closest to the two properties concerned in pastures close by 15 metres, and to reduce the height of this elevation by up to 0.7 metres. So that's roughly two feet, three inches for those of you that like to deal in old money. But in turn, to lengthen the second elevation by 15 metres, and that's the 15 metres taken away from the first elevation. And the proposal is to increase the height of this elevation by what could be in the region of 100 millimetres to 150 millimetres, which is four to six inches. Forgive my scepticism, but this sounds very vague, and I can only, only assume that it is the applicant's intention not to remove from the site any of the excess soil from the first elevation reduction, but instead to create a lengthened, possibly widened and higher second elevation from this excess soil. This seems to suggest that the applicant has either not managed to calculate the amount of soil to be re redistributed, or dare I say, the vagueness surrounding how much the second elevation may be increased in height is deliberate and I leave members to draw their own conclusions. My objection to the proposal is very simple. 
The bond is already a blot on the landscape from various viewpoints and it is high. I don't think the photographs that you, you saw a few minutes ago quite emphasised the height because the banks aren't shown. So it kind of looks like it's in um, level with the rest of the countryside, but it's raised up quite considerably. To add potentially another six inches or whatever it may turn out to be to the height of an even longer stretch of the larger second elevation may not sound a lot to you listening here today, but visually it will be, and this will further obscure the view of the natural landscape, which is already partially obliterated. It will already increase the already existing issue of potential for overlooking into my garden and neighbours' gardens and the related enjoyment of the privacy. I cannot therefore agree with the statements in the conclusion of the report that the proposals reduce the impact the Bund has on the surrounding area and neighbours. There will only be less impact if the second elevation is not increased in either length, width or height. I do continue to have strong concerns with regards drainage and water flow, both in White Ditch Lane and on the Wick and Lee Estate, especially the latter given the elevation and position of the application site. Of course, I'm no drainage expert, but as a layperson, excess water from the bund when saturated will naturally head my way and further down into the Wick and Lee Estate, well, we already have drainage issues. Having said this, if the application is to leave the same amount of soil on the bond as, as, there, as is there currently, but simply to redistribute it, and crucially, not to bring in any additional new soil, then one assumes there will be no additional drainage issues to those already existing. Hence, it would be wrong for me to make any further comment in this respect, except I would strongly suggest that members clarify... Mark, you actually um, had your length of time, so can you conclude, please? Thank you. Uh, I'm almost there. I just suggest that members clarify that the intention is definitely not to bring in any extra soil. In conclusion, I strongly object to the proposal for the main reason of visual impact, as I've outlined... The bond is there, I have to live with that, but please consider my points. To be quite clear, I have no objection. Thank you, thank you. That's, that's fine. I must, I must ask you to stop. Thank you. you made Sorry, your... I hadn't realised I was time limited. Well, yes, it's, it's Sorry. quite... That's okay, but you made your point very well. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Hargreaves, over to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I'll run through some background and I'll go for what we're actually, we're actually looking for from the committee. Uh, this bond is the spoil from the construction of 20 houses. It was dumped in the gardens to be of the two end houses of this, this linear estate. Uh, the developer claimed in a change of use application from meadow to garden that this was temporary uh, and then got shaped into a rectangular footprint mounded up with the steep sides uh, it's got these big steps up the front 
it's when you're standing in like in the garden looking back at it, the little tiny section of garden, it goes straight up with this, this step and this deep side. It looks like something the Aztecs would have done as a trial run before getting it right on a, on a better job, something like that. Uh, it got a retrospective application when they decided they were going to leave the spoil where it was. And generally, it does not enhance anything. It has no function other than to increase the profit for the developer. That's all it's there for. So uh, the documentation submitted for both this and the retrospective application are completely inadequate. They don't show in any of that cross-section. There are no heights shown on the cross-section. And all we've got is one cross-section, which is the east-west. We haven't got the north-south cross-sections at all. Now, what those are supposed to look like? Uh, so it's, the documentation is, is, is not good enough. The officer report prefaces every length and height quoted in the text with the word approximate. That word is used 21 times. Now, as we know, approximate can always be interpreted. Uh, we're also referred, the application refers to moving a pond. There's actually a pond on top of one of these ponds. Uh, why you would have one on there and why you'd want to move it, I'm not sure. It's not shown on the cross-section. Does it have a filling system? Does it have drainage? What happens if the pond lining splits? Does the water just seep into this bond? This whole area, as Nina's commented, it's already boggy. It's got septic tanks all over it. Now, this bond forms the garden of two houses. Instead of this magnificent length of garden and a landscape view, they've got a bond. It's on, on a rise on top of the slope. It's visible from the surrounding area and houses. It obscures the landscape both from the houses themselves and part from other houses. In fact, looking out, on the right-hand side, there's a mature hedgerow with oak trees and that white blossom in the spring um, hawthorn. Uh, going back to the documentation on the cross-section, oddly the houses have been missed from the cross-section. And I would suspect the reason is because they don't want to show you the scale of how the bond compares with the houses. Now, moving on to the purpose of this, this applicant has a history of doing things without permission, not building according to permission, and then endlessly churning up all avenues of the planning system, basically wasting everyone's time. So it's therefore most important that the council has clarity of what exists now and what is permitted. And I think the purpose of this application actually to just push the bond further back because the house is now being lived in, the house people don't like it. They just want it pushed further back so they've got more garden, which means the spoil will just go somewhere else further down, down the plot. So what I think the committee should look at, please, is before making any decision, you should be provided with proper, accurate, measured cross-sections, north, south, east, west, showing what exists now in order to know the starting point. Other applications I've seen, they come with these things measured to millimetres. This one is just vague, oh, approximately this, approximately, and nothing actually is shown on the diagram itself at all, apart from just a little bar across the bottom. So clarity. Then the same again, please, for what is to be what the application is for. So you've got starting point and end point properly documented. Should the committee wish to approve this, I think then it should have a condition that at no height at any part of this bond from what is there currently now must be increased. There is a little bit of increase actually 
requested, how much does that grow? If you've got no documentation to even know what it looks like now, how can you even control that? If we say no increase, you say no increase, that at least gives people looking at it, photographing it, measuring some guidance as to whether it's compliant or not. Secondly, I think, fourthly, a condition also, if anything, anything's been taken off this bond, the spoil must be taken away. It mustn't be dumped somewhere else just to create a longer, fatter, different shaped bond. It must be taken away. And a final point, uh, please, 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 can there be a condition that no, on the top of the bond, there should be no structure, temporary or permanent or garden furniture or play equipment or pergola or whatever you like on the top of that bond which is visible to all the surrounding houses so there you go documentation before documentation after no increase in the height uh surface material will be taken away um no nothing on the top so uh i'll leave it, I'll leave it with you thank, thank you very much thank you very much councillor hargreaves um so I'll open it up to the committee and councillor bagnum uh, thank you, Chair. Given what Councillor Hargreaves has said and what the other speakers also said, uh, I wouldn't be comfortable in making any decision unless I'd seen the proper documentation. So if we're to consider this properly, I think, as Councillor Hargreaves has pointed out, we need to see proper drawings. So uh, I, would, I would suggest, Madam Chair, and I don't know how you want to handle this, that we would defer this until such time that we get those proper drawings uh, and not spend time debating it here today and then conclude that we're going to defer it. So uh, I'm just trying to shorten the uh, time we spend on this one today. Well, yeah, I think I would agree. But also, I mean, the, the photographs, I couldn't see a bond. All I saw was a slope on those pictures, on those photographs. Um, it didn't really tell me anything. And um, I must have, I, I possibly missed it, but I didn't realise there was a, a pond on the top of one of them, top the top of it so because there was no there was nothing in there about that and it wasn't shown so that that concerns me as well so i think i might agree with that um but is that if you want me to propose i'll, I'll, I'll propose quite a few of you sorry can sorry councillor bagnell um oh. there's quite a few people wanting with hands up after you so um, can, chairman can i just help i think if i think in Councillor Bagnall's defence, I think if someone wants to propose yep. to defer it, that sort of trumps anybody in the queue, <laughs> to be frank. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Thank you very much, Councillor um, Mr Brown. So, can that have a second to defer, please? Yes. Councillor Fairhurst, he was... Sorry, thank you, Councillor. I can't, but Councillor Fairhurst was next up with his hand. Thank you. Um, so, we have a proposal to defer, proposed by Councillor Bagnall, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst. Um, so, uh, Madam Chair, yeah, is it a possible point of order, but I'm not sure, tell me if it's not. I just wanted to ask one question, and that is how high above the underlying uh, landscape is the current situation? Does anybody know? Does Nathan know? Sorry, Chair, point of order. No, it's I, think, I think Councillor Bagnall's right. You can't take any more questions. You need to consider That's all the time. So, proposed by Councillor Bagnall, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst, um, to defer this application. And, Chris, can I come over to you, Mr Gibson, again? 
Yes, thank you, Chair. So the proposal to defer, Councillor Bagnall? Or Councillor Caton? Or Councillor Fairhurst? Or Councillor Freeman? Or Councillor LeCount? Or Councillor Lemon? Or Councillor Lachlan? Or Councillor Merrifield? Or Councillor Pavitt? Or Councillor Reeve? Or and Councillor Sutton? Or Unanimous. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much, Ms. Mrs. Clark, Ms. Clark, for coming. And I'm sorry if you didn't know the time. It's actually four minutes. So, um, so I'm sorry if you didn't realise that. But you spoke really well. So thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Um, so we have one more item. Do we have Mr. David Mail with us? Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. That's fine. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, agenda item seven, UTT 21334, full application. Um, land at Branscombe, White Ditch Lane, Newport. And over to you again, Nathan. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Okay, let's hopefully we won't run into some more technical problems. Okay, before I proceed... Can everyone firstly hear me, and secondly, can everyone see this? Yes, we can see, and we can hear you at the moment. Can everybody else sort of hear? Perfect, brilliant, wonderful. All right, let's crack on. So again, land adjacent Branksome, and the proposal is for the erection of a front section boundary wall to the dwelling approved under a previous planning permission, UTT 181486FUL. So you'll have to bear with me because the plans here aren't the clearest. So plan commission is sought again for a modified boundary wall. The site currently has, if you can see from this existing wall position, the one shaped in red here, or a terracotta colour actually, boundary wall running to the side. The proposed wall position as part of this planning application seeks to bring it in uh, as part of this visibility display blue line. So it would be this yellow section of wall here everyone can see that. So that's that's the change that is proposed as part of this planning application. There's some elevation points of it as well. So travelling on White Ditch Lane, the site of the wall to be moved further back is this section of wall located on the right. And this is showing the, the uh, north along White Ditch Lane. So again, it's this section of wall here. Not this section, it's this lower section here towards the front. And these are just some other walls uh, that are along White Ditch Lane, Berry Grove and King, Ed King Edward's Muse. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, right. Gosh. You caught me on the hop there. I was I was just looking at something that was written. Sorry. Um, okay, so we have two speakers, Councillor Hargreaves, first of all, and then Mr. David Mayle. So, Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you, Chair. Same as before, could uh, David Mayle speak first, please? 
Yes? Good afternoon, gentlefolk. Can you hear me all right? Yes, we can. Thank you very much. Thank you. My name's David May. I speak as a resident of White Ditch Lane. I live about 150 metres further up the lane from this development. Uh, the property in question is number one, Pastures Close. Notwithstanding this address, it was reconfigured to face onto White Ditch Lane. Hence the wall, hence the steps down from the front door onto the lane, and hence the pavement in front of the wall. The applicant applied for permission for this retrospectively on UTT 192422. And of the other examples of brick walls fronting White Ditch Lane, cited as precedent in the earlier applications and in the officer's report we've just seen, none, save for Oak Tree House immediately opposite, were ever approved on the original permissions. And in the case of Oak Tree House, that wall was required to be set back from the byway to prevent direct access. Um, this particular the site in question here has actually put a pavement in front of the wall. The wall, the pavement height itself, is 100 millimetres above the surface of the lane. That's about four inches in old money. The wall height is 950 millimetres above the pavement and is thus greater than one metre above the level of the surface of the lane. The pier heights as featured components in the design of the wall are respectively 1.2 and 1.34 metres above the pavement. The side wall, which was viewable on the uh, northwards looking pictures you've just seen, uh, the side walls to the south of the plot, i.e. onto pastures close, are two metres above the pavement. Given these dimensions, there is no way that this qualifies as permitted development. Now the pavement. It is quite evidently a useless piece of urban pavement, totally out of keeping with the local vernacular. Nothing similar exists anywhere on the length of the lane. It leads from nowhere to nowhere and lacks any drop curbs and is so not compliant with the standards required of any new pavement or with the general requirements of the Equalities Act. It serves no purpose other than, one, to shield the foot of the front access steps onto White Ditch Lane from this property. These steps are themselves not compliant with the permission granted, which was for access to the south of the plot onto pastures close, access from the front door. The only other purpose I can imagine is to disguise the true height of the wall above local ground zero. Um, since site visits are necessarily difficult at the moment, I've provided Councillor Hargreaves with a selection of photographs, both during the original construction, when this was remarked upon, and I asked for it to be referred to enforcement because it wasn't compliant with the original permission. <coughs> um, this means that, in total, the development is in breach of the permissions granted, has been refused permission three times, does not qualify as permitted development, and needs to be changed to make it compliant. My distinct preference would be for the access to be reconfigured as per the original permission, which means remove the pavement and the wall and implement soft landscaping in the shape of the hedge as shown on that original permission. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Meal. Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, before I start, I would like to correct something in the officer's report. In the conclusion paragraph A, it is stated that 
there are already a number of red brick walls of various heights and styles along White Ditch Lane. That is not correct. There is only one short section of plain wall on the lane that's been referred to, and that's set well back and it starts at tarmac level. It doesn't have a pavement in front of it. It is unlike the applicant's wall. So other than that, there are no walls fronting onto any part of White Ditch Lane. The second thing, just to draw to your attention, on the initial uh, plan you were shown, the red line to be moved, you may have got the impression that what's being moved already has permission. It doesn't. None of this has got permission. So it, it's actually asking a permission to rebuild something which doesn't have permission. Just Those are the two facts there. Let's just go, please, to the outcome uh, that we are seeking, and we means the parish council, it means myself, and it means local residents, is that the wall just be demolished and not be replaced. And the bench must be removed. And this would then bring it into line with the permission for this site, which is us, 1846, for a hedge across the front of the pedestrian access to the house, an S-shaped footpath from the front door going down to pastures close, not to White Ditch Lane. But just to be clear, by the way, this, uh, this application is the other end of the development we've just been talking about on the previous application. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and that permission has no wall, no pavement, and, and the visibility under that application was fine, and there was no urbanisation. Appropriate soft landing, soft landscaping, so we just want what was permitted in 1486 to be done. So, a bit of background instead of doing what was permitted in that application, we get this incongruous bit of wall and pavement was built without permission. And despite enforcement warning during the build that the applicant did very well, the applicant then tried first a non material amendment application that was refused. Then secondly, put in a full application. That was refused. The UDC and the Parish Council both did very firm objection and statement of case. And the applicant. All refusals related to the appearance of what has been built. Here's one officer quote, and this is the key thing. Side and rear sections of the wall by virtue of the height, width, Materials used are not sympathetic to local character and are not compatible with the scale or out appearance and materials of surrounding buildings boundary treatments. The development has a detrimental impact on the character of the area. Now that, I suggest, is a pretty clear no. On the next churning of this, the applicant resubmitted the application, then highways took an interest and they said the wall also blocks visibility. So the application got refused for a third time. That's three. Now, going back to the permitted one, 1486, the applicants claimed that it did not specify boundary treatment, but the submitted plan is clear. And it's not qualified with any sort of for indicative purposes or anything that tells you that the wordings can or not be believed. Further reinforcing this is that 1486 itself was an amendment to the original application. 162024, and that original permission also showed a hedge and nothing. 
two permissions saying a hedge and nothing else, and all these other ones that got refused. So, coming to an end, overall picture, this whole house development started off as 15 houses, only given on appeal. The developer then came back immediately and reapplied for 20, squeezing 20 in on the basis having got 15. The result is on this narrow linear site, they've had to pack them in. This plot sticks far too far out. Um, it's got um, no other house anywhere on the lane. It sticks out like this one does. Uh, it, it just shouldn't be there. Well, I guess we just lost the will to live to, to deal with this. So I think the best we can do, please, not to allow this overpacking to be compounded by adding even further encroachment onto the byway. So what they've done is actually narrowed the byway here. They've put this pavement and it shouldn't be there. They've narrowed it. It's only a single track thing anyway. There's more development being permitted further down, uh, which we object to, but by and large it gets permitted. So there's traffic along here. Uh, we've got an in inappropriate, pointless, non-compliant pavement incongruous wall. So three requests please. A refusal, a recommendation that the applicant just knows what's permitted and also it'd be good to have a recommendation for enforcement to have a look at this and seek removal of this final spit of payment. Thank you very much. Thank you very much Councillor Hargreaves. Austin very much looks like I was if you just looked at that with the, the wall and the pavement you think you were somewhere in a town, very much so. Anyway, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. This is a, a rather enjoyable, strange or unique opportunity this because I, I must confess, having read all the reports and things, I had a completely different understanding of this situation than I now have. Um, um, the speakers, uh, Mr. Mayle and, and uh, Councillor Hargraves, put the whole thing into a different kind of perspective. So I have a couple of questions. Um, First of all, is this wall within permissive development? If it's over one metre, I understand it can't be. Um, it's a big question. Secondly, is there in fact, are there in fact other red brick walls on the street or is it a case there's only one across the road which is required to be pulled back? Because this was misleading and not helpful to us to form an opinion of the process. Um, if it's not, if the wall that we are supposedly moving and it is itself not permitted why is it presented as such even in the, in the presentation? I feel hoodwinked at the situation. I feel, I feel let down a little, to be quite honest. Um, at, as I stand now, if, in fact, this wall is not within permitted development, if the wall that is supposedly being moved, in fact, is not within permissions and approvals, it seems patently obvious that we should refuse this application, quite simply because it is not in keeping with the character of the, of the neighbourhood. Um, and, in fact... Um, I think we should call for an enforcement to commit to what is, has been approved. Otherwise, why are we sitting here? It's, it sort of makes a mockery of what we're doing. That's just my view. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Uh, actually, I, I fully agree with Councillor Fairhurst. I made a number of notes. I would have commented on the previous application, but you insisted on moving straight to a vote, which is fair enough. Um, my opinion is that the last two applications, item six and item seven on our agenda, they shouldn't have come to committee because it's arguably a waste of committee time. It's minor points which are hard to appreciate from paper and from photographs. And they're sort of things that should have been dealt with at the officer level, dealt with um, firmly at the officer level. And I'm not criticising officers for this because I understand the difficulties 
that they work under. Uh, but the previous application, uh, 20 stroke 0234, um, the issue there is that the plans were completely inadequate for us to make a decision. Uh, now, for an application to actually get considered, it has to be approved, either validated as the expression. So I've often said this before, and uh, Nigel Brown will, will, will know this, that actually, um, if the thing is applied, it shouldn't be validated. I don't, I don't think they should have actually come forward, but that is a technical detail. Uh, and if People, and what we're also witnessing, Madam Chairman, is uh, people pushing the envelope of a consent. And it's understandable that they would do that. Uh, you know, it's an expensive business making a planning application. Uh, so you test the walls around your box. Um, and this would appear to be a case of that. But I don't think it is the job of this committee to deal with things like this. We should be dealing with big housing applications, you know. Uh, not the height of a wall or six inches of pavement. That's um, not what we're all sitting in this room for, on this virtual room. Um, and it's not a criticism for bringing it forward as um, a member is allowed to. There's presumably no other means of dealing with this. But we ought to find a way of um, actually filtering these out before they come to our attention. That's my view. I'm fully supportive of Councillor Fairhurst's position on this, but I think that... Uh, in fact, we shouldn't be looking at this. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be on the agenda for this for a meeting of this sort. It's not best use of committee time. That's my view. Thank you very much. I'll bring Mr. Brown in before Councillor Pavitt, if I may. I totally agree with Councillor Freeman, and, and I'm a little bit frustrated that Councillor Hargreaves doesn't raise this with me and you're taking the form of a planning committee to discuss this. So I think we could have sorted this outside the room, and, and I don't think that's how it matters at all. Just to pick up the issue here, that what we're looking for is the application for the erection of a front section of wall to dwelling approved under blah, blah, blah. It's basically the erection of a wall. I'm not dissing that as an application. What this application would also prove, members could decide whether they want a wall there or not. That's as simple as that, really. It's a simple application. Um, in terms of the, we haven't been hoodwinked. There is, an there is already a wall there that has not got planning permission. It's not permitted development because I believe it's the height of the piers means that it actually requires planning permission. There's a bit of an encroachment over highways, which I don't know, to be honest. But the fact is, the wall that's currently there has not got planning permission and has been refused. The applicant has put in an application for a placement wall. Don't worry about the wall that's already there. You now need to consider whether this wall is, is acceptable or not. If it's acceptable or not, it will secure the removal of the other wall. That's a mechanism. It's called positive enforcement. And that's actually the inspector improving to do it. If members refuse this today... And that's not the reason why you should be refusing it. If members will refuse this today, we've already dis we've already refused an application for the board to be retained in its current location, and we'll take enforcement action. Um, but this was an opportunity for the inspector, for, sorry, for the applicant to approach us with an alternative scheme. And uh, and just like just like that, you've got the opportunity to approve that or refuse it, but you need to be concentrating on the wall that's in front of you in terms of what's being proposed. You don't think a wall is acceptable. Now, in terms of other issues and members. And, and I, I respect what the neighbours have said, and I respect what Councillor Hargreaves has said and the parish has said, that we seem to have a, a collection of walls all the way up, all going up White Beach Lane, which possibly weren't there before, and it's changed the character of the area. So you, you need to consider, is this wall acceptable or isn't it? It's, it's probably the easiest application you've considered. And it's the issue is, and if it's not, all the issues about what's already there, 
will be sorted out because the, as you saw <coughs> in the petitions, it recommends the demolition of the wall within a time period of three months. And if, if members approved it. But that's only if you think that a wall is acceptable in this location. If not, our solution would be to take enforcement action. And Councillor Argreaves is right. This particular applicant has been playing the game and keep putting submitted applications in and NMAs and playing the game. And that's why it's taken so long. And whilst we've got an application that we've been submitted, we won't, can't, we can't, we won't take enforcement action. But I think members are making it quite clear where we are. So concentrate on the wall that's been in front of you in terms of whether you think it's acceptable or not. It's a very simple question, to be honest. But that's for members to take it away and, and look at that. Thank you very much, Mr Brown. So, Councillor Puppet. Well, in light of what has been said, I'm going to propose that this application is refused. Um, I would just add to that an observation and that one would hope that that would then lead to the applicant being forced to go back and do it the way he was consented to do it, which is without a wall and with the footpath leading down to the side of the building rather than onto the street. And then perhaps you'll take the pavement away as well. So the, the byway can be restored to its original width because there's clearly a pinch point at that point. So, um, yes, my proposal is to refuse. Thank you very much, Councillor. Um, I was going to say Councillor Merrifield. <laughs> Councillor Pabot, sorry. Um, and I would actually like to second that, if I may, because I completely agree with that. So, um, can I, sorry, just to clarify the reasons for refusal, have you got a proposal in a second? Uh, are we doing it on Gen 2, I assume? Yes, I think so. Um, Happy to do that. Well, thank you very much. Um, <coughs> so, we have a proposal to refuse, proposed by Councillor Pallard, seconded by myself, and over to you, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. So, proposal to refuse. Councillor Bagnall? Or. Councillor Caton? Or. Councillor Fairhurst? Or. Councillor Freeman? Or. Councillor LeCount? Or. Councillor Lemon? Or. Councillor Lachlan? Or. Oh, excuse me, for. Councillor Merrifield? Or. Councillor Pavitt? Or. Councillor Reeve? Or. And Councillor Sutton? Or. Thank you very much. Uh, unanimous rejection, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Mail, for coming along. And uh, Councillor Hargreaves, thank you. And um, that concludes today's um, planning committee. And we've gone over, you know, but we have finished. Thank you very much. And our next planning committee is on December the 16th. Um, so... Thanks very much, and um, I will see you all again at some meeting, if not before the 16th, no doubt. Thanks very much. Thank, Thank you. you, Madam Chairman. Bye -bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye.